This episode of a Top 3 Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at the Rat Hour with Rat Boy. It's your one-stop shop for discussions about this season's seasonal candle lineup, interviews with Dwayne Johnson's biceps, and detailed analysis of cryptocurrency trends. And just for you listeners, I'll give you a sneak peek of what's going on on this week's episode of the Rat Hour. Check this out. These zoning laws are infringing on the rights uh, of if citizens. If I might interrupt for a minute, I'd like to point You've out You've had that your time. Let someone else I speak. haven't said a word. It was that guy. Don't look at me. I can't get a word in edgewise. Well, then who the hell's been talking this whole time? Oh, well, that's a fine question. Huh, well, I'm not so sure what that's all about. I guess we'll have to tune in to the full episode of The Rat Hour with Rat Boy. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Tube Podcast Network. All right, let's start the show. And uh, this, uh, this is a top three podcast. Three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a Top 3 Podcast, where we honor the time-old tradition of listing our favorite things and arguing about it. Today's topic is our Top 3 Video Games from the Last 10 Years. That's from the year 2011 uh, until 2021, when we're recording this. Um, Before we start, if you would like to support the show, the best thing you can do is tell your friends about it. Ignore them when they say, please don't tell me about new podcasts. Tell them anyway. Um, subscribe, give us a rating and review if you can, and follow our social media pages at a top three podcast on all major social media platforms. And leave your own top three in the comments when we post our episodes. We can chat about your picks. We also put out a call for listener top threes before recording, so keep your eyes on our social pages and we'll read and react to yours on the show. Again, check our episode description for links to those various pages. Joining me today, Dave Jackson, is Aaron Engel. Sup? Alan Nichols. Hey, everybody. Fan favorite, Bloodbath McGrath. Welcome to Thunderdome, bitches. <laughs> it's always funny when he's mean about it. <laughs> I miss what he just used to do it in a different language every time. I mean, yeah, was- I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Bloodbath to start to give us a Chinese intro, but. Coming I, I, I just never think in time to like look up how to say it, hello in different languages. So he's secretly learning Mandarin. Don't let yeah. him lie to you. <laughs> one of these episode one hundred bloodbath's going to do the entire thing in perfect Mandarin. And uh, joining us today is a special guest, our good friend, founding member of the world famous band Synaptaf, and top three enthusiast Scott Danielson. Hey, everybody. Uh, uh, Long-time Thunderdome uh, viewer, first-time Thunderdome participant. Happy to be here. (laughs) Bloodbath, how does the first time go? Great (laughs) start. Not well. There's a lot of crime. I did my best. (laughs) That's right. Well, see you later. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to a Top 3 podcast. See you later. Now, today's topic is our top three video games from the last 10 years. Um, we're taking into account, I think, all anything you're going to call a video game. So phones, consoles, handhelds, whatever's going on. 
Um, if this is your first time listening to the show, what we did is we all picked our top three and we're going to take turns. So everyone's going to say their number three, then number two, number one's honorable mentions, lightning round style at the end. So for this topic, I want to give a quick disclaimer that all of us, I think, are leaning towards our favorite games of the last 10 years. Uh, so we may dip into a little bit of like surface level critique but we're definitely not like going deep on critiquing these are just our favorite games so um all of us are around the same age a couple years apart i think um yeah what do you mean i think i've known all of you for like 25 years um it's very <laughs> close actually like not yeah, even like one year yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah can i count uh well, I know that my age is more than I have fingers, so I I lost track. So No, um, no, that's right. I want to ask everybody before we get started, uh how has your relationship uh with games and gaming changed in the past 10 years? It's been uh roughly around the same time that I graduated from college and like started working and stuff and uh for me personally, I play way more games now than I ever did. I actually don't really watch TV or movies anymore because my uh, I just don't have the attention span for it, if I'm being honest. I think games are better than they've ever been, and I think they're more engaging than they've ever been. Uh, I don't know. They figured out how to get a hold of, like, specifically me. So... Um, I've been... I've actually been keeping track of, like, a, a pandemic project. I've played at least 55 games since the pandemic started. Um, you can look on my Twitter account. I'm doing little like bite-sized reviews of all those games. Um, so yeah, I play a shitload of games now more than I ever have in my life. Um, Aaron, how about you? Oh, Dave, you, you literally hit it right on the head. Like everything you said is exactly like exactly applies to uh, me. So I also play more video games than I've ever played. Um, I think not having a girlfriend or a child uh, has a good amount to do with that. But, you know, even when I was uh, playing video games a lot, when I was in like, you know, anywhere from like, you know, five when I started to like, you know, 23 around the time we left college, like, you know, I still went out and did other stuff like play basketball or go hang out with my friends. And now I don't play basketball, nor do I have any friends. Uh, so <laughs> I spend I spend a good amount of my free time. Uh, playing video games and I I sincerely sincerely agree with you that video games are the best they've ever been and they're getting better all the time now is my favorite game of all time gonna make this list no it's an older one but I would I would I would listen to an argument where somebody's like well how could you put something that was made in 1997 ahead of blank you know because there's really no argument uh they're they're just better now, and I, I play them all the time. I've probably played about fifty five since the pandemic started, maybe sixty five, yeah. maybe eighty five. It's a good call. Uh, like I also don't have a kid, so I like my free time is my free time, and I choose to spend most of it playing games. Um, Aaron, I think that it's really cool that your uh, favorite game of all time is Crash Bandicoot Two. That's cool. <laughs> Was it <that> time warp <laughs> or some shit? That game uh, was cool. <laughs> no, it's not. Crash Bandicoot is sucks. His Crash pit. Bandicoot's terrible. But anyway, it was uh, Worms 3D. <laughs> um, Alan, how about you? Uh, I actually 
over the last 10 years, I guess I have probably played more games than in the 10 years prior to that. Um, but I didn't, I, I didn't really have a system, right? So I've, I, I kept my traditional method of getting a system a few years afterwards. So I think at the beginning of this, this whole thing, this 2011 to 2021 period of time, I was rocking a Wii that I got used when I was living down in Florida and uh, playing maybe Twilight Princess, I think, mm -hmm. for Zelda. And, yeah. then, and then I started law school and I was, uh, you know, restricted to a few a few different things because I kept the Wii in the closet when I went back well, into Only into, playing um, Ace Attorney, right? School. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just nonstop Ace Attorney. Attorney. That is that is law school at the University of Toledo. You just yeah, play dude, all in the Ohio, you just games. play it. Yeah, and boom, law degree. Well, I mean, and then I get probably two years ago, I wound up being gifted a Nintendo Switch, which was the first system that I've had since my Nintendo Wii. Um, and it's been a, a lot of fun. Uh, Switch is so good, one. dude. Um, and I'm still digging into it, obviously. I've only had it for a couple of years. I've played a handful of games on it. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I play a few games. I don't spend too much time doing it, but more so than than prior, I guess. All right. And Bloodbath, how about you? Well, you know, I do have the excuse of uh, fatherhood and uh, uh, being a husband. Um, so I don't, I guess to say like, uh, the last 10 years I played less video games than I've ever played before in my life. Um, I didn't get a PS4 until, uh, Christmas 2016. Um, in the last 10 years, I probably played about six or seven new video games. So my uh, list was pretty easy to come up with. Um, I just, you know, I, I've, I've got issues with modern video games and at some point during this, maybe I'll get a chance to kind of lay that out as to what my issue is. Um, but you know, I just, I like classic or retro video games more. Um, I got a super Nintendo mini or classic, um, a couple of years ago. I really like playing that. Um, the 64, uh, we have an arcade cabinet in the garage. Um, so I'm, I'm more into that kind of stuff, but, uh, yeah, dude, I just, I, I've played, I used to, I, high school, junior high school, high school, I played video games like three or four hours a day, and then, you know, like I said, from about 2011 till, you know, today, I mean, it's, I'm lucky if I play one or two hours every two weeks, so. Yeah, we, we kind of talked about um our opinions on like retro versus modern games back in the top three n64 games episode that was episode three i think so we'll probably touch on it again today but we did talk about it back then so go listen to that episode if you haven't and uh scott how about you man yeah i can um <clears throat> excuse me i uh also think that was a great episode i think you're all wrong for not including diddy kong racing on any of your lists <laughs> um but Boo! you know that's just my that's just my opinion. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, it's interesting. I'm kind of like uh, uh, similar to Alan in, in like exposure to games, but like opposite in, in terms of like play habits, right? So like growing up, uh, like I, I, I was around the age where like my parents bought the original NES when I was like three years old because they thought it was it was interesting. 
Um, and from there, we just like we own the NES, the SNES, um, all the way up through the N64. Uh, there came a time when when my brother and I took our Nintendo 64 and all of our games to GameStop and sold them uh, to GameStop and then came home with a PlayStation 2 and a copy of Crazy Taxi and that's it. Uh, and <laughs> that day it felt awesome. And the next day and ever since I've regretted that uh, transaction. Absolutely. Um, yeah, awful. So like all like a lot of co- like a lot of consoles all growing up. I think like I even like like uh, spent some of my like side job money on a on a Xbox 360 in college that I had for a couple of years. But right around the start of this window that we're talking about today, uh, about ten years ago, I I stopped like having consoles. And so like I would say that I probably spend more time playing games now. But most of the games that I kind of had to had to choose from uh in, in this time window are either like games i've played fairly recently on stadia which is where i do most of my gaming now or games that um <clears throat> i could get on steam and were like compatible with the mac computer that i had it on okay. uh for like the couple of years before that so like going through again like going through this research uh I, it, it i was i i had underestimated how many games were out there that I that I was aware of, but I just like didn't even consider because I I didn't have the console to play it on. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I, I I spend a lot of time playing games now, uh, but um, the kind of selection that I have to choose from is I think fairly limited compared to people who keep buying the next console when it comes out. You know. Yeah. To be fair, me and Scott played a shit ton of video games like in college, like right before this window started. I remember we'd be playing Madden in Athens and then it'd be Christmas break and we'd both be back in Troy and like Scott would be like, hey, you want to come over to my house and play more Madden? And we would just play it for like 20 hours. Kirby <laughs> Robinson. That's all I'm going to say. Kirby, Kirby Robinson. Robinson. He was like 6'9", wide receiver, 99 speed. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Best Steeler, best players the Steelers never had. Yeah, exactly. Scott, that's funny. I uh I think one of the very first times I ever like uh I ever talked to you, um we uh like we had met before, but I I remember specifically um running into you at GameStop, you and uh, your little brother at GameStop. Um maybe it's when you sold all your stuff, I don't know, but I was like walking around looking for a game to buy or something like that and you came up and we talked for like 20 minutes cuz you talked me into buying uh Spider-Man 2. In like two thousand four, so <laughs> shit, yeah. Spider Man Two is awesome. That was like that unprecedented game. open world like exploration yeah. at the time. That, that shit blew my mind, man. It took them literally whatever fourteen years to figure out Spider Man again. Yeah, does not hold up. You go back and play it. It's not. It looks like you're playing like a a, a cheap like city simulator. Like somebody <laughs> just skinned a a bunch of like polygons to make it look like a city. Sim City, nineteen ninety five, with Spider Man in it. Exactly. Even before I played these like later Spider Man games, um, I can I remember like I don't know. I think Alan and I were in college and like we were playing into Spider Man. I was just even you know so like whatever two thousand seven two thousand eight. I was like, oh geez, man, this looks really <laughs> like there's like there's just a bunch of like buildings. There's no people. There's nothing else. This is so like odd. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's something I think is so fascinating about video games, and you guys touched on this a little bit in your like N sixty four. Like when you go back to play something like Ocarina of Time, like it just doesn't like have the open world awe factor that it did when you first played it. And I think yeah. there's this weird thing where it's like the further back you go, the more 
uh, like the the bigger like the more weight nostalgia has in where you'd rank it on your list of favorite things. Yeah, but absolutely. only if you've never gone back to shatter the the grand illusion, right? Like, <laughs> hard disagree. <laughs> God damn it, bloodbath! Now nah, it goes back to what we're saying. Video games are always getting better, always, yeah. all the time, in every month. Uh, according to me and Aaron, and I don't know how you, the rest of you guys, I know how bloodbath feels, but according to me and Aaron, um, video games are better right this second than they've ever been, like better than they were last month. So objectively, yeah, for sure, bloodbath. I know. <laughs> like just given our different like our different like play habits and 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 the types of games we have access to, I'm super excited about this one because of how broad it is. Um, but I just feel like I spent the whole time just coming up with like more specific versions of this that I want to do at some point. Like, yeah, for sure, it's just so huge. Well, uh, on that note, let's get into our lists. Um, I'm going to get started, and in this episode, we are going to. Uh, blatantly steal something from another great video games podcast so uh, if you like video games there's a podcast called final games uh, done by liam edwards Uh, it's like desert island game but you pick eight games to take and he says before every pick let's listen to some music from this next pick so we are going to listen to some music from my number three My number three is Portal 2. My number three is Portal 2. Have any of you guys played Portal 2? I have. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Portal 2. Sorry, Alan. Not ever. Okay. What is (laughs) Portal 2? All right. So, (laughs) Portal 2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Portal 2 is from 2011, so um, it's we're representing the very beginning of this time frame here. Um, the Portal games, for people who don't know, are puzzle games where you you throw two portals on surfaces and then you can walk through, like you create a, a doorway, basically. And it's puzzles based on that one mechanic. They introduce other mechanics throughout it, but I think that Portal 2 is a pretty much perfect video game. Um, it's the best puzzle game I've ever played. It walks this line between being challenging, but also I never ran into a place where I'm like, fuck this. I'm just looking up the solution after like banging my head against it for a couple hours. Like they just, they walk that line like beautifully and I'm bad at puzzle games. I always look up solutions. Um, the other thing that portal two does great is it is legitimately funny which is really hard for video games to pull off, to be funny without being embarrassing. And Portal 2 is legit funny. Great uh, voice cast by J.K. Simmons and Stephen Merchant. 
And uh, this woman named Ellen McLean, who voices GLaDOS, who is a, if we ever do top three video game villains, GLaDOS is like a shoe in on my list. Um, So the other good thing about Portal 2 is it is short. You can beat the whole game in like 10 hours. And that's something that as I like, my interest in video games keeps like growing and I want to like see all the, like as many games as I can. I fucking love a 10 hour game. Like, if I see a game now, it's got to be a real special game for me to play 100 hours like I used to for like Morrowind and stuff like that. I totally agree with you, Dave. Like there there'll be like so like if I play a game that takes more than like 40 hours, uh, I probably won't play another game that takes 40 hours for a year just because it's yeah. just kind of like ah shit this me like if i'm playing a game that's 40 hours long like i'm not doing my laundry when i'm supposed to be doing my laundry i'm not cutting <laughs> my lawn when i'm supposed to be cutting my lawn i'm not eating properly uh i am just basically taking all of my free time and putting it into this game um so I, i'm with you anything that i can play in you know under 20 hours like i'm, I'm like okay cool i'll give that the benefit of the doubt before i go out and spend you know 60 dollars on something i can put 85 hours into for the yeah. most part yep agreed i like them i like them both but i think that there's just something really elegant about like a really short tightly designed game and i think portal 2 like it, it was one of those games that i was almost surprised to real to to realize that it like counts that it that it was inside the threshold um i would have guessed that it was a year or two before that um but it definitely like portal one like nailed the the puzzle design concept portal two amped up like the the writing and the humor um and that just comes together as like a really really fun like delightful experience yeah like i i said it before but if like well to be on brand with this podcast if we were going to talk about top three funniest games it would be it'd be kind of hard because games that try to be funny are often not funny because they try really hard and it's obvious they're trying really hard portal 2 is just effortlessly really funny just clever really really steve merchant's fucking really really good in it like really really good yeah and he's he's the character that accompanies you throughout most of the game uh doing little because your character doesn't talk there are no real conversations in the game and it's more like narration and like having a sidekick that talks as you play through these puzzles and so steve merchant um the woman who voices glados they are so good plus music from jonathan colton yeah and the uh it is a puzzle game so like you have to be up for puzzles but i think portal puzzles are easy to understand and like i said the game never gets too hard it's always just like you got to think a little bit you got to figure it out but you will figure it out they're not trying to punish you yeah, I think design-wise, puzzle games have this like really awkward line to walk of, of of showing you and giving you the information about how certain mechanics work, so that you can then experiment and find the solution to the puzzle. And Portal does that really, really well. Yeah, absolutely. There's a there's been a couple puzzle games that I've played that were very clearly like really influenced by Portal, but they were too hard. And so I just looked up a bunch of solutions. And once you start looking up solutions in puzzle games, you've, you've kind of lost it a little bit. Were any of them the Turing test? Uh, no, I was thinking of the Talos principle uh, as also too long. I don't want to do, I don't want to do yeah, the same type of puzzle one. for 25 hours. It's way too long. Um, but I finished it because I, um, I am 
almost unable to put games down if I'm the least bit interested. So, yeah, that's Portal 2. Uh, and, next and you're not up, a quitter. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Mama didn't raise no quitter. Mama raised a boy that wastes his time. Uh, okay, <laughs> moving on. Uh, let's hear some music from Aaron's number three. I just want to preface this by saying like every video game I picked on this list, I picked like, like I, I, I picked it based on like my, my feeling after the game ended. Like, you know, when you finish like a really, really good book, you like put it down and you're like, okay, so now I am like fundamentally like a different person. Like this thing like had an actual impact on who I am or like justified my feelings on certain things. So I, I kind of tried to make my list based around like when 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 the credits started rolling, you know, the feeling was, God damn, this sucks that this isn't going to be a part of my life anymore. So my number three from one of my favorite video game studios, Supergiant Games, is Bastion. Ooh, okay. dude. Yeah. Dude, Bastion, nice it, what, year did, what year did Bastion come out? 2011 on Holy the fucking shit. cusp. On the fucking cusp of this. Um, so there are a lot of reasons why I like Bastion. Um, it's it's a really fun RPG. They and what one thing that Super Di- Supergiant does really well is that they give you a million ways you can play and beat the game, just depending on like what your style is, or you know, they they don't punish you for experimenting, they reward you for it. Um, the story in Bastion is loose and uh, it's kind of hard to follow. It's almost like you're putting a puzzle like together um, throughout the thing just to understand actually what's going on. Uh, a couple things I, I really like about the game. Uh, the music is fucking brilliant. All the audio in that game is absolutely wonderful. I remember when you're playing like, yeah, I mean, when you're playing like the second level of the game and you're hearing the girl who sings the build the wall song like at the in, during the end of the game, like her voice is very, very soft as you start the level. And as he's slowly uh, as the kid, which I again, a great main character name uh, is progressing through the level. Her voice gets louder and louder and louder. Um, the, the the narrator idea at, like that you're playing a game like as the narr- as the narrator is kind of like putting the story together for you slash like commenting on uh, what you're doing is just a really, really cool mechanic. Um, I really like uh, like the shading in the game as far as the graphics go. I like how it's really bright and vibrant, but it's like outlined with these like really dark colors and dark backgrounds to kind of like hold you into the fact that there's something serious uh, going on here. 
And then, uh, you know, it's 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 another one of those games that it gives you choices throughout that maybe not maybe don't affect like, you know, how the story is going to end, but like how you want to play the game. Um, one of my all time favorites. And like I said, when the credits rolled, you hear the you heard the last line. Uh, it's just kind of like a fuck. I wish I wish this game had like 20 or 30 more hours. I, I cannot say enough good things about what Supergiant does as a studio. All of their games are brilliant. But Bastion. You know, when he plays video games as much as me and Dave do, like playing something that feels new, you know, is a really underrated like aspect of 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 you know playing video games, you know, as much as we do. Um, but when I played Bastion, I was like, holy shit, I've never played anything like this before. It's you know graphically not up to par with everything that's going on around it it really you know kickstarted this along with a couple of other games this really strong uh independent gaming like movement that you can still like you know see the ripple effect of today so what i will say bastion number three 10 out of 10 in almost every aspect yeah dude um that's like you brought up some things about super giant like the art and the music so Supergiant has like they have four games now, right? They got Bastion, Transistor, Pyre, and Hades. All of them are A plus art and music. You just know Supergiant games are gonna have that. And they're really uh creative with every game they have. So you said like Bastion, you're playing it and you're thinking like, oh, I've never played anything that feels like this. That's what Supergiant does with all of their games. And um I remember Bastion being one of the first games that I bought digitally on like the Xbox and like, it was like the first digitally. game I bought digitally. Yeah. Like when I first had the capability to do that, I was looking through the store and I was like, I didn't even know what Bastion was. I just watched like the, you know, cinematic trailer and I was like, I have to know what this experience is like. Yeah. Um, cool thing about Bastion for anyone who's listening and wants to give it a, a shot. Uh, Cause Aaron sold it really well. It is a really good game. It's available pretty much everywhere, and it only costs like $3 now because it's pretty old. And yeah, it's an indie game to begin with. It's definitely worth your time, especially if you played Hades because it got really popular uh, last year. Um, That's such go a back. good game, too. Man. Yeah. It's worth it to go back and play Supergiant's older games. I never had a chance to play Hades. I think I, I didn't know it was the same studio. I think Bastion yeah. is the only of those four that I've played. Um, but uh, Scott, I, you'd I, fucking I, love it, man. You'd it love so, Hades. It, it, it was the narration of Bastion that like hit me for the first time. That I was like, oh shit! Like he's he never he's really only seen just, that he's describing things that I'm doing. Like he's not just telling the story as I hit certain checkpoints. Like he it is he's saying the he's saying something specific based on the thing I just did. Holy shit! Yeah, like you walk off the side and he's like, the kid died. And then yeah, you fall yeah, back. Yeah, and he's like, the kid really kid. screwed it up this time. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, it's one of the first games I played. I'm sure it happened before, but it's the, one of the first ones I've played where, like, if you fuck up, the narrator would call you out on it and be like, oh, the kid, uh, the kid shouldn't have done that. And uh, the narrator, like, the voice acting for the narrator is, like, it's just so good. It's he, one of those. It's the voices. coolest voice of all time, man. That dude has the coolest voice. Yeah, you could just listen to that dude forever. Uh, I wish he narrated anything that needs narration. I was going to ask, is that someone famous? Is that like somebody with a recognizable no. name? I don't know that I've ever like, thought to look it up. So I've, I've been watching, Dave uh, suggested this no clip guy who does video game documentaries, uh, and they do a, uh, a bunch yeah. of series. Uh, he does 
uh, a series on every single one of the super giant games. And the guy who does the narrating the beginning is just like some dude the guy knew, or so, the guy who did the audio for it. He was just some guy he knew, and he just had him record all of these lines in like a closet in his apartment. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Would you say that that like that sense of um, like I, I, this is something new and something I've never experienced before? Like for for you, is that related to like or or connected at all to that feeling of like I wish this was a game I could go I could forget and go back and play again for the first time? One hundred percent. I think that completely. I, I think that ties into exactly what I'm saying. Like it's like the yeah. fuck. Why isn't there more of this? And eh, you, you know, yeah, it's a short yeah, game for sure. I mean. All their all their games are pretty short, except for Hades, because you can play that one forever. But yeah, Bastion's real good. Um, I think it was one of the. I mean, Aaron, Aaron, you definitely recommended Bastion to me, and it's one of the the few times where I didn't just like just straight up ignore your recommendation. So <laughs> uh, he it does was a that good a recommendation. Lot. Yeah. Don't suggest things to Dave because he will not like them. I mean, yes. I was going to defend myself, but it's it's pretty true. I, I <laughs> don't like right. it That's when people I, I don't like it when people <laughs> recommend things to me. <laughs> Fuck them. It's got to be your idea. Yeah, it's no, it's it's what happens is someone recommends something to me. I say no or I just say, oh, yeah, I'll check it out sometime. Mm -hmm. And then like I forget they recommended it. And then like a year later, it pops back up as my own idea. And then I'm like, Fuck, I found oh, this I've heard of that thing. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like guys, I check found out this, this on thing my I own. Found. No one told me yeah. about this. Check out this sweet thing I found totally by myself. Guys, um, I just saw heat. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to talk about it now. <laughs> uh all right. Uh moving on from Bastion, uh let's listen to some music from Allen's number 3. My number three is Super Mario Odyssey. Ooh. Are you talking about the newest one oh, that I'm came sorry. out on the Switch? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the newest one that just came. Well, I think it's the newest one. It's the only one I have. So um, I got I got this one for Christmas last year, I think, or a year before last. And it took me probably six or eight months to, to crack it open. Um, I've. 
I traditionally have not been a big player of Nintendo games. I think that when we talked in one of the last episodes, um, I mentioned that we were a Sega family growing up until I got the Nintendo 64. And even then, I, you know, I didn't get Super Mario 64. But I have got this for Christmas, and it reminded me of so much of playing Super Mario 64 um, when I went over to my friend's houses that did have that game. Um, just the the combination of open world open world and platform gaming um kind of mix and matched in between um the entire storyline um it was, it was a lot of fun i haven't played a lot of games on switch and this one uh is, is definitely one of the best ones that i have wound up playing so far Mario odyssey is really fun i mean you I think you know at this point when someone says like, hey, here is the newest 3D Mario game, you have a pretty good idea of what it's going to feel like to play. And Mario Odyssey just nails it. It's a ton of fun. If you're the type of person who likes to collect everything and play for like play forever, basically, there's like 7 billion things to collect in that game. Um, ah. the, le- the levels are really cool. They, the hat uh, thing where you put on different hats and become different things is very cool. Yeah. And yeah, just the hat, fun. like just throwing the hat as like a, a mechanic to move around is really good. Like it's it's one of those games where like we will play Mario Odyssey and just play it like a normal person would. And then if you go watch on YouTube, like someone that's really good at Mario Odyssey, it's like they're playing a different game than you are, like tossing the hat around, like just flying through these levels. It's insane. Right. That that speed run stuff um, yeah. on any of <laughs> any of the new games is just it's crazy to me like a speed run used to be like or at least a, a speed run to me was doing something like straight through you know where it maybe took a couple days or something but um, i sat and did yeah, i sat they, and did they, ocarina of time once in like 24 hours and that was my yeah. that was speed run to me not 0.24 yeah, seconds exactly exactly no i mean people essentially these days are are hacking games um and it just makes me wonder like was i just like a great big idiot back when i played a lot of a lot of games that i couldn't play them that quickly uh yes. i hope not but i mean it, it could be it, it may be no nah, man people who speed run like and people like if you look up speed runs on youtube and find like the real popular ones those people it's like their job figuring out how to speed run those games it's not something a normal player can do yeah, speedrunning well, and well, playing I, video games are two entirely different disciplines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am very bad at both. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's really amazing that um, consistently it feels like every year or other year or every time there's a new console, uh, Nintendo and Mario always, you know, Nintendo is always consistent in putting out a very good Mario game. Like every, you know, like I said, you know, two years or three years or whatever, like there's always a great one that's coming out. Um, They're all different. They're all unique. You know, Mario Odyssey is definitely the most unique Mario game they've ever made. And I think it's just really special in that, you know, they keep finding a way to take, to take these very primitive characters and a very like basic setup and like find a way to do it in more interesting manner with different dynamics and different, um, 
disciplines and mechanics and you know just always finding a you know more interesting way to put it together i think it's really uh it's really special i think it's a i think it's a real testament to like creativity that they can find you know such different ways to you know keep using this character and this world and keep evolving the world without like completely completely like rebooting it or changing all changing it fundamentally like they always find a way just kind of subtly like okay now you have this and this is happening and we can do this because you know this existed back in super mario world and yoshi's island and blah 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 so kudos to nintendo we're going to give him a different magic hat this time yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. I will say before we move on, like it is by far the easiest Mario game I've ever played. Like I had no point in that it game. It was felt really like I was easy, being challenged. Yeah. 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 That's one of that's one of the reasons why I liked it so much. Yeah. <laughs> like, you I know, could do it yeah. while also clipping my toenails. It'd be perfect. Yeah, that, that's exactly right, Aaron. Nintendo has this uh unique problem because of all these like super long running series where because it's Nintendo, they're trying to make games that like like a six year old can enjoy, but also they have to please these people who have thirty five years of Mario experience. And I think that they're doing a pretty good job with Mario uh, and some other series too, which might come up later in this podcast, um, and some others that people are they think that they're not doing well with. But uh, anyway, moving on from Super Mario Odyssey. Bloodbath, what is your number? No, let's listen to some music from Bloodbath's number three. number three uh i'm not really going to talk about in a whole lot of detail because my number three directly correlates with my number one and i can't talk about one without talking about the other so i'm going to kind of just tell you what my number three is and then i'll explain more about it when i get back to my number one but uh my number three is batman arkham city released in october of 2011 so it just makes the cut um Arkham City is probably my favorite Batman game of all time. Uh, you know, the the what I will say about it is um it definitely nails if if your goal was to make a piece of entertainment or a technology or a game, 
that completely gives you the feeling of what it would be like to be Batman. This game nails it a thousand percent. Um, you know, just the storyline, you know, the, the world that the game decides, the, the story of Batman that the, that the uh, game decides to tell is uh, unique. It's not the most original, but, like, it does, like, definitely, like, decide between, you know, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight to tell you a very, you know, specific Batman tale from begin to end, from beginning to end, and it's interesting and dynamic and really enjoyable. Um, I really feel like I criticize modern video games on being nothing more than interactive stories, and I do feel like this one is a culprit of that, but I also feel it's, like, it's the exception, in my opinion. Like, I love the story. I, I love, you know, that's what kept me going, is just finding out the next, you know, chapter and the next story beat and everything. So, uh, I know. I love this game. That's all I can really say about it right now. The character design in that game is absolutely incredible. What they do with, like, each of the villains uh, throughout that game, I think they do like a really like the, the whole Arkham series in general does like a really good job of taking like these very basic ideas that you have of like the the different Batman characters and really like stylizing them to kind of form fit uh, the game itself. Like I I, I don't remember his name because I'm not a nerd and I don't like Batman, but there's like a uh, there's like a bad guy and it's he's like a reptile. Is his name Reptile? I remember what it is, but like probably the dude. Game, his yeah, name's right. Prob- yeah. Like legit, his name's probably Reptile. I, something like Killer that. Croc. Killer Croc, right? And like you, <laughs> you, you just see him periodically throughout the game, and he's just fucking terrifying. But you don't have to like fight him right away. He just kind of appears every once in a while, just to be like, "Hey, just FYI, there's I'm very scary, and I'm somewhere." You know, and and they did a really good job with the Joker. They did a really good job with Harley Quinn. Batman's designed really, really well. You know that the, the game. You know, it's not my thing. I have played it. It's a very, very good video game. And if you look back, you know, I'm sure the critics agree. Like, you know, that game was fucking huge when it came out. So, like, the presentation of the game is great. And then I, you know, Arkham Asylum is really good. It's much, I, I like the game a lot. I think it's it's much more in the tradition of, like, um, a Metroidvania kind of, like, you know, um, search. You know, seeking and it's a lot of trial of a- trial and error and like trying to find different stuff and collect things and and you know you know it's in a tight location and you have to keep going back and forth and retracing your steps and kind of like me- making a mental map of where everything's located. Arkham City like definitely like starts that tradition of like the open world you know gets on board with like PS4 and open world games and it's great. I think the way they do the open world in that game is so perfect. It's not. Gigantic. Oh man, it's like the perfect room. it's like the perfect version of Gotham City. Like they they nail that part of it, dude. Well, and that's my like gripe with Arkham Knight is that like it's way too fucking big. Like that it's so huge and you have to like I'm sorry, Arkham Knight, like you suck because I hate the fucking Batmobile. The Batmobile yeah. sucks in that game. I hate <laughs> using a, it. It's a fucking why bummer, we, dude. Why do we have to keep making the Batmobile like a tank? Like it's a car, I I want it, you know, what you know, it's like, hey, like, have this rocket car and then all of a sudden stop and, like, turn into a tank where you have to, like, aim, you know, you can't move. You have to aim everything in, like, a square, like, you know, pattern. <laughs> and and we're going to give you nothing nonstop, like, combat missions in this fucking, like, stupid tank. It's like, no. Like, give me the Batman Returns Batmobile where I have, like, 
oil slicks and flamethrowers and yeah. um you know things to like knock knock people over like it, why is it, why do i just have like a you just have a cannon it's a cannon it's such an afterthought it's so boring like i don't i just i don't know that's that's where that game loses me it's clearly not an afterthought because it's like it's like half the game you spend in the goddamn batmobile the batmobile exactly. should be like a james bond car it shouldn't be a tank it should it should be like a, a fast ass car with a bunch of gadgets yeah, speedster yeah. yeah um, but then the dark knight happened <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Exactly. Um, you know, did anybody else play this game? Yeah, I did. Um, I liked it and there's a part in the game where it's pretty far into the game but the city is just full of snipers and mm-hmm. uh you just fucking die if you fly around. So if you want to be Batman and fly around, you just fucking get sniped and I quit playing. I think that that part's bullshit. But um I did play it the Arkham games up until Arkham Knight were really good because you know how there's there's like this it's like a meme now to say this game makes you feel like blank you know you get to feel like spider-man you get to feel like fucking newt gingrich or whatever it's because of these games i think <laughs> Wait, what game is that david <laughs> this is uh this is this is <laughs> this is newt's hey, Newt's sh- big adventure for the nintendo newt. 3ds <laughs> Uh, oh my god it's because of it that meme is because of these games and how much they make you feel like batman they're a lot of fun uh until the snipers show up and until they force you to quit being batman and drive a car so yeah shout outs to my boy newt yeah (laughs) newt's uh newt's grand adventure for the 3ds 10 out of 10 friend of the show (laughs) um all right so moving on from um arkham city let's listen to some music from scott's number three Right, my uh, uh, my number three is uh, is going to have to be Destiny Two. Um, I think one of the biggest struggles I had with putting together this list is is like indies versus big titles because there are so many great indies that I think like did some small specific things really well and like had very like focused cool experiences. But when compared to like the grand scale of like the big production games of the last 10 years it was hard to like justify uh, a slot in the top three and i think when it comes to big scale productions uh destiny 2 fucking is just like a a, a, a feat um 
I don't know. It, have any of you played Destiny? Is, is that a, a genre or a game that that any of you are into? I've I've played Destiny two with uh, Cody and Ryan a few times, and I rage quitted because I I'm so so bad at that game, dude. <laughs> that's totally uh, legit. I think. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that's not a genre that appeals to me at all. I'm very um I'm very anti competitive games in any form except for one notable exception which we'll talk about later uh and that is fair and and um so so destiny 2 has a variety of game modes only some of which are like uh like pvp and and competitive um they also have kind of like a, a a ton of pve content um and as somebody who used to spend a lot of time playing like world of warcraft uh like that to an extent scratches that itch for me um but I think the like the two things that I think are impressive about it are like kind of outside the game it the it, it is a like it is a feat of production the the storytelling is is really really good um they the the voice talent that they get to to voice some of their characters they have like Lance Reddick and Nathan Fillion and Gina Torres and Nolan North um and the character development in it is super awesome and the and the art like the environment design and the art direction is incredible um the music is incredible uh it it has its ups and downs it is it is like the pinnacle of like the games as a service concept um so it it launched in uh well destiny 1 launched in in 2014 and destiny 2 in in 2017 but um they are both this kind of like ongoing thing so there's like kind of big expansion of content that drops like once a year and then like throughout the year um they have this like seasonal model that you uh optionally can like pay 10 bucks into and so like there's there obviously like it has its valid criticism about its monetization model and everything but um it, it, in a lot the same way that i think that uh like the the marvel cinematic universe is like regardless of like whether or not you like that world or that story or that or or comic book type media in general like I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe is an impressive feat of storytelling um, yeah, in, in terms of like writing and production. And in much the same way, um, Destiny has done this incredible job of building this universe that just like pulls me in. And 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 it, it, it there's so much going on. It's not like one narrative through line. There's so much going on that like the story is told through such a wide variety of of um, of media. Like I, I, I have purchased like some hardback like books that are just like lore entries from uh, either like collected from the game or, or provided context by like the, by some of the writers, but then like the sto- story also gets moved forward in other ways. Like in game, there are cutscenes. there is dialogue during like the activities that you're playing. There are lore tabs in the game for every weapon and every character and every, like it's, 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 an incredible thing to just like let yourself be like immersed in and um just like as a as a fictional universe it's i ha- it nothing's engrossed me uh quite like it since probably since world of warcraft like i am equally like really super into like the world of azeroth and have like read lore books and and shit like that um destiny has kind of the same effect on me um it is i the first person shooters are not usually my genre um but like there's enough kind of interesting balance to it that it feels more like an rpg than a first person shooter to me most of the time um and it's, it, it it's is a, an rpg it's a fun man. thing it to is. do with friends what i will say is buying physical copies of lore books from a video game is the most scott danielson thing that i could imagine <laughs> yeah yeah they sit they sit on the shelf next to all of my dungeons and dragons books so like 
What do you, what do you want? Yeah, nah, shout out um, to my boy Newt. Yeah, no, he doesn't have anything to do with Destiny too. Um, wait, so are, are you saying that uh, Destiny is mostly PVE, or the way what you I play w- is? Played it cool yeah, like, I, like I would actually say that it I is mostly PVE. I, I have to ask, what is PVE? Uh, so PVE stands for players versus environment, as opposed to PvP versus player versus player. Um, and gotcha. so, like in the game mode, like so, the premise of the universe is that like uh, the the players play characters called guardians who uh, have been like resurrected uh, uh, as guardians uh, because of like the the light from this paracausal force called the Traveler, right? Like, there is, is it is this very, like, big, like, light versus dark saga type sure. story. Be- because of the, because of the threat. I mean, whatever, whatever the threat is. Exactly. Guess, yeah, right. Yeah. It's every, uh, every, yeah. there's, again, like, I mentioned that seasonal model. Every time a new season starts, there's a new thing entering the solar system. We got to fight off, right? Um, okay. And so, like, uh, and so that's like the light is like what's responsible, like narr- the narrative justification for when your character dies, you get resurrected, right? And so, like, that's what guardians are. They fight the fights, uh, the 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 fight to like save the last city and preserve humanity from these like cosmic threats. And um, there is like there is the uh, th- there are like s- strikes and raids, which are kind of like again to use maybe more common parlance. Uh, like from World of Warcraft, it's like dungeons, right? So it's like things you pair up with other players to play, but you're running through kind of like a scripted uh, like um, dungeon uh, and, and fighting your way to the end, and there's a boss at the end. Um, and, and then raids, of course, being like a, a bigger, more involved version of that. But then there's also like the Crucible, which is where you would go to play like, I want to I play 6v6, like just deathmatch, right? Okay. Um, so there's like equal parts and I, and I definitely do both like, um, and, and most of the game's activities kind of require you to do uh, a little bit of all of them. Um, but I, I definitely have a lot more fun with the PVE side of things. Like I, I, I drive so much satisfaction from like getting together on Thursday nights with the other five people in my fire team and like, like practicing the raid that is really, really fucking hard because when you finally, when you finally down that one boss, it's going to feel so fucking good. Yeah, that sounds like vaguely sexual. It's almost hilarious. <laughs> no, Scott kind is of. sweating and breathing deep right now. <laughs> one, uh, one thing like, I have, you know, yeah, go ahead. One thing I have heard about uh, Destiny and Destiny Two is that it feels really good to play. Like they nailed like movement, the and shooting, play? and making all of that feel awesome to play. Yeah, like every season is this exercise in like rebalancing the sandbox, which is like the term that kind of encompasses like the entire loot pool. So so that you've got like three different types of weapons that you can slot and then like of course there are all of the different classes of weapons, the different damage types they do, uh the different mods you can then slot into the weapon. So there's like there's tons of like ways to customize your build between your armor and your weapons. Um and like the 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 perks and stuff that each weapon has like you can have two of the same weapon that feel very different to use. And there's just like, there is, it, it feels like, you know, popping out the drum and reloading your six shooter and like reloading it. And and before you go back to firing, like the gunplay just feels very like tactical and visceral. It is very cool uh, in that way. So the way you describe it, I was imagining a different kind of game. I played a lot of Warframe and it sounds like Warframe, but 
probably better with story and stuff like that. I know some people say that Warframe has a good story, but not in the 80 hours I played of it, so. <laughs> That's fair. I've never played Warframe, so I don't know how it compares, but um, it is a super good story. Yeah. Scott, do you feel like you value the story and the world building over the mechanics, or do you feel like you value the mechanics and the gameplay over the you know story? Um. Oh shit, that's a really good question. Um, and I actually meant to make a goof about if 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 you're if if one of your main criticisms of modern games is interactive storytelling, then like I didn't I I, th- I thought this one might hit you funny. Um, I think the story is like finding out. It is an ongoing experience, right? Like it is not like a, like playing through a game like a Zelda game or something where like you or Bastion, where you, like, you hit the end, the end credits roll, and like you can kind of reflect on the storytelling experience. Like It is this ongoing, like constantly developed experience, um, almost as a result of, of a lot of like open communication between the developers and the community themselves. Um, and so I would say that like from season to season, knowing how this narrative is going to develop is probably what keeps me playing. Um, I find the mechanics to be very fascinating. I think it's a very cool sandbox, and it's a very cool, like, um, if, if you've ever been the kind of person that's fascinated by, like, uh, like a game of StarCraft, where, like, you get really into, like, the the nuances of, like, one type of unit against another and, like, um, like kind of quick reaction battles, like, there's something really uh, satisfying about figuring out the optimal solutions in there to me. But I think I would probably get bored of it if the story didn't keep pulling me back in. Does that answer okay. your question? Yeah. So I think it's, it's kind of both, but without the narrative, I probably would not keep putting as much time of, uh, into it as I, as I currently do. Okay. It's probably my most frequently played game over the last year or so. Okay. Um, moving on from Destiny 2, we're going to listen to some music from my number two game. My number two is The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, which is... Oh, that was coming. It is, in my opinion, it's the best action RPG ever made. Um, and the reason I think it's that way is because uh, I've never played a game that has better quests and side quests than The Witcher 3, which is, when you're playing an RPG... It's it's about like the RPG systems a little bit. It's about the combat a little bit. And in in The Witcher 3, those are they're they're good. 
A lot of people hate the combat in The Witcher 3 for some reason. I thought it was fun. But uh, what it's what RPGs uh, really are like built on is stories and quests. And I think it's top class in The Witcher 3, especially the side quests, which are better than the main quest, and in the DLCs, which are just fucking fantastic. Um, the Hearts of Stone DLC is like, it's just like, I would need a, like an hour to talk about what I love about that. Um, so The Witcher 3, again, my uh, my favorite, I probably, in my opinion, the best action RPG. You get to play as Geralt, who is a just a, such a fun character to role play as. Like, when I play RPGs where I get to, like, either make a character or inhabit, like, kind of a blank slate main character... I play as like, what would I do if I was trying to be a good person? That's kind of my role-playing tendency. But Geralt is already a very well-established character. Whether you've read the books or watched the TV show on Netflix or played the first two Witcher games, Geralt's already Geralt. So you get to role-play a couple different ways the way that Geralt would react to situations. And it's just really, really fun. And yeah, like I said, the the combat's fun. The uh, enemy variety, it's like a, it's made in Poland. So it's like Eastern European mythology is like heavily, heavily influencing the monsters you fight, um, kind of like the stories that are going on. And it's just, just really, really good. I mean, I don't really need to explain why The Witcher 3 is good, do I? Like anyone who's played it, I think most people would agree no, what I actually Witcher 3 is on my short list of honorable mentions. Um, if somebody were to be if I were to say to somebody, what, what's the best video game ever made? And somebody's like, oh, it's the Witcher 3. I'd be like, yeah, I can't argue that, man. That game's 10 yeah. out of 10 in almost every aspect. Uh, one of the really cool things that it does uh, and because I play a lot of RPGs, um, it does like the, the, the dialogue in the game specifically yeah. like is is very, very good. Like it's one of those games where you know they'll ask you a question they'll give you three different options to choose from but every single one of those options is like two or three sentences long it really like it does a really really good job of like you said like you know with Grawl being an established character like really really gets you like into him even though he's already been established you do feel like you have a lot of free reign to play with like who he is uh just based on the millions of of narrative options they had i love the witcher 3 uh combat system personally i played the witcher 1 and the witcher 2 and my biggest gripe was how much i hated the battle system so i almost didn't even play witcher 3 because i i was just like nah i'm tired of uh this dumb shit but i played it in I mean, it kind of plays like the Arkham games, man, like a little bit. Like, you know what I mean? It's reactive combat. You have your, you know, different things. Like in 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 Witcher 3, I just rolled with bombs. Like I was just a bombardier, like the whole yeah. time. All I did was just kill people with bombs. And there's a game where it's like, hey, you can use bombs to win. I'm I'm about <laughs> that, right? One of the... But, no, good. One of the cool things about the combat is because you're playing as like a professional monster hunter. Um it has uh, it has a codex of all the monsters in the world, and all of us who play games that have codex or co- what's the plural of that codices codices codex codex i yeah yeah codex of pusses. Um, it's yeah, yeah that's that's the you word. 
you never fucking read them. There's no reason to read those things, even though there's like people, you know, people get paid and people work hard to make those in the Witcher three. You should read them because they give you tips on. You have to. Uh, yeah. You get, you know, you know what type of bombs to use, you know, what type of like sword oils to use and stuff like that to like kill these monsters. Cause the game can, it's not hard, but like it will be if you just, if you don't give a shit about like some of these mechanics. It's uh, it's really, really good. You you uh, again, you feel like you're a witcher. You got to figure out the right tools for that particular job. Yeah, even on like the uh, I mean, it, it does have the best side quests of any RPG. Like, let's be fair. I don't even think it's actually close, but like you're you're constantly switching up what you're using. You can't form fit Geralt to one style of combat like or to like a certain set of items and weapons he can use you. You you are kind of forced to use everything to win. So it makes every, you know, aspect of the combat system fun and worthwhile. Yeah. But again, it's those, it's those side quests and the, like the quality of some of the main quests. I don't think the main story overall is like 10 out of 10, but the individual main quests within that story are 10 out of 10. They're excellent. You make choices that actually like, there were several quests in The Witcher. I'm not going to spoil any of them, but there are several where I made a choice and then like the quest ended and I was like, oh, fuck, like I did not mean for that to happen. Like, I feel really bad about what I did here. It happened multiple times in this game. <laughs> that poor barmaiden. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, any Alan, Bloodbath, have you played that? Scott? I have not played any of the witcher games okay yeah i haven't either it was probably it's probably among the uh, of the games that i've never like ha- had the platform to play it on uh it's probably the one that people most often tell me i would enjoy and i think i i probably agree with them it's just kind of shaken out i've never had the chance i uh i did play the witcher 3 uh it's fantastic i still haven't beaten it just like just like Dave was talking about, um, the side quests in this one are are just so much fun um, because they they're kind of kind of meaningful side quests. Anyone that plays uh, any real amount of video games or has played video games um, re- recognizes the fact that you're going to do some side quests and it can feel like like grinding it sometimes. Um, yeah. I think is is what people call it, and. Uh, uh, this game's it's it's different because while you do have to do these side quests to to progress through the game, um, like you were saying, there there are like consequences um, that are are um, kind of tangential even to the to the quest that you're doing. So there are consequences to the quest that you're doing, but the decisions you make in that quest later on determine what quests are available to you or what characters are still alive for you to deal with. Um, yeah. But the the Witcher Three is a uh, it's a lot of fun. That's definitely like Eric was saying. It's on on my short list for honorable mentions. Yeah, and after playing those Witcher Three side quests, when I went back to another game, like I I recently tried to play Xenoblade Chronicles again, and it was like, here's a quest: go collect fifteen fucking silver leaves. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that shit. Why would I do <laughs> that? Yeah, hard no, <laughs> pass. Yeah, in the Witcher. 
The Witcher quests basically boil down to like, here's a monster, go kill this monster. But there is like a really good story woven into each one of these. Like I can only imagine how much effort and writing time went into all of these quests. And it's a long ass game. I mean, CD Project Red is kind of infamous for how hard they work their developers. So actually, like a lot of effort went into these, probably too much, some would say, um, or too much in too short a span of time. But that game is fantastic. Um, yeah, Witcher 3. Let's move on from The Witcher 3 into Aaron's number two. Let's listen to some music. I'm glad you picked that song, Dave. That was a really good song selection. All right. My number two is Persona 5. Um, and, and we'll get to my number one eventually. But until yesterday, Persona 5 was my number one. Uh, but yeah, but my number one just kind of like grew on me the more and more I thought about it. But let's talk about Persona 5 for a second. Persona let's. 5 is the it's the best RPG that's come out in the last 10 years. Uh, it's the probably aside from the like you know the old school Final Fantasy VII probably the best JRPG ever made in the history of video games. Um, what I what what I really 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 what's that? Oh, I just I thought I heard somebody talking. Okay. Um, so but the a couple of the reasons why I like Persona Five. One, it has the best soundtrack. Uh, in the history of video games uh it has one of the three or four best battle systems uh in the history of video games uh and the one thing that's really really crazy to me is, and you know i've made my peace with how i feel about anime on this podcast you know <laughs> what i'm saying persona 5 is like just playing through a really really long episode of an anime it's like playing through a season of an anime um, so everything about it inherently like makes me want to hate it, but that to me also speaks volumes to how good of a fucking video game it actually is. Uh, I've, I've been playing JRPGs forever and, you know, just like, just like it is now, like there's not enough of them that are coming out because people don't have the interest in them. Video games are evolving. I'm the same way. Like JRPGs do not hit me the same way that they used to. Uh, and Persona 5 completely took me back to that you know, Dungeons and Dragons style, like planning out my characters, planning out what they were going to do, planning out when I was going to use them. Um, the story is very, very cool. Uh, it's very rewarding. Um, 
the characters, like I said, they're they're all very, very good. Um, but ultimately what it comes down to is is the battle system for me. I I I really, really enjoy the persona system and being able to really really like dive into your character with a limited amount of options of what you're able to do um yeah i'm not going to go any further in depth because i you know i i hadn't even heard of it until dave suggested it to me so i can't imagine there's a ton of people out there uh who are as on this game as i am but if you've played it like chances are you think it's absolutely incredible and if you haven't played it and you like rpgs it is the very next game you should go out and buy be prepared yeah. to drop 85 hours into it. Um, but like I said, best music of any video game I've ever heard. Uh, some of the best graphics. It really does a good job of like capturing that like anime style that it's going for. Um, it's it's cheesy. It's corny. The story, you know, isn't the best. But like mechanically, like it takes that JRPG like slow turn-based battle system and really like flips it on its head. They, they it really make the turn-based system like a lot of fun to play like more fun than any other turn-based system turn-based rpg i've ever played in my life um you know i I thought maybe like you know i i was thinking this because of like it's more of like a recency bias it's something that i've experienced like you know within the last year or so but you know i i, I put it on my list to start it off and you know over the last couple of weeks i like get it, it never moved in position until yesterday i i cannot say enough good things about it persona 5 number two arguably the greatest rpg ever made it's uh yeah you you talked about the battle system i think it's like persona 5's greatest victory is it takes turn-based battles which can be slow and boring and it makes it stylish it makes it fast um you know an average fight against like the random goons that are out in the world will take like what aaron 20 seconds like I mean, like, yeah, if you do everything in the battle, and I didn't even mention how, like, you don't even have to kill enemies. Sometimes you can, like, injure them and then, like, put a gun to their head and be like, give me money, and they'll give you money. Or you, like, kill them and injure them, then you can put a gun in their fucking mouth, and you're like, give me an item. And they're like, all right, fine, I'm going to give you an item. But I think it's funny how sometimes they're like, no, I'm not going to give you money, even though you just broke my both my legs and have a shotgun pointed in my face. I'm not going to do it, just out of principle. Like, <laughs> I'll fight you to the death anyways. But like I said, I, it, it's the huge turnaround from like how much I hate anime and how good of a game that is, you know, while it is ostensibly just a giant anime. It is. Uh, there's also the like life sim parts of it. Like you are playing as a high school student. You got to go do shit after school. Like it gives you time. And so you have all <laughs> these activities. Yeah. You go like hang out with your friends and boost your stats that way or get a job and make some money so you can buy equipment and stuff like that. And it really turns into this like, all right, I'm just going to do one more day, one more day, one more day. All right. It's 2 a.m. But like, let me let me hit one more day real quick. And then, shit, I got to go to work. Like, it's one of those and, games. And it, ha- and yeah, it, and- it is. I, so I played the I played Persona 5 Royal, which adds more time. So it took me 120 hours. But it legit, those hours fly by, which is not something you can say for a lot of other long-ass JRPGs. 
and you're like on the clock, just like you are in Majora's Mask. Like you never feel like you have enough time to do everything. So, and you you really don't. Maybe in Royale you do because you get a couple, you get an extra month or something like that. But like you, you really do feel like like holy shit. Like I need to make a decision as to what's important to me at, because like. Yeah, the game doesn't stop. The game doesn't go backwards. The game doesn't allow you to, you know, go back to old places. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like you have to make the decision. You have to make it now. It's going to affect you and your party the rest of the game. And 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 I really, really like that pressure that it puts on. But ultimately, and we can stop talking about the battle system and the music are just they're they're perfect. And I, I can't say enough about them. Yeah, the music's super good. Um it's a very unique musical style for a video game. I've never heard another game with music that sounds like it. It, it sounded, I, I explained like, cause I played it work. Sometimes people are like, what the fuck is this? And so I don't want to be like, Oh, it's this video game. I'm like, yeah, it's like this Japanese funk band is like the best way I can describe it. And they just do all the songs for it. And it's awesome. I'll listen to that soundtrack all day long. I gotta ask, is there some sort of, like, secret plot ever since the episode where Aaron went off on that, on his anti-anime tirade to get him to admit that he likes something anime-related every episode since? No, it's just that Aaron, Aaron's a hypocrite. He says, he says he hates it, but all of his favorite things are anime or anime-adjacent. I say oh, things, but I shit. don't mean things. <laughs> yeah, that's He's it. He's always been a troll, man. I'd just yeah. be lying. <laughs> Uh, the shame of Persona 5 is that it's locked on PS4 and PS5, so if you don't have it, you can't play it. Um, they are, they released Persona 4 on Steam, so maybe Persona 5 will go to Steam someday. But it's a very good game if you have a PlayStation and you like, like if you like JRPGs like Final Fantasy and stuff, it's absolutely worth your time to try it. And if you have a PS5, you get it for free. It's one of those free games that PS5 owners get. So you'll Wait. never see it coming. Wait, it's it's just it's just free for PS5. If you if you still have a PS4, you still got to pay for it. Yeah. So they have this program on PS5 where if you have PS Plus, which is the online service, you get like 15 PS4 classic games for free, and Persona 5 is one of them. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's another series of games I've never played, but have always heard really good things about. Yeah, I w- because I loved Persona 5 so much, I'm going to try Persona 4 on Steam the next time I'm in the mood for a 120-hour JRPG, which might be a long <laughs> yeah, time. Dude. Might be a long time, as we talked about before. After you play one of those games, it's uh, marathon, it takes a while dude. before I can make that commitment again. The next time I have a whole sabbatical banked at work? Yeah. <laughs> Let me take uh let me take six weeks off and just play this game nonstop because that's what it's gonna take. Um let's move on from Persona 5. Let's listen to some music from Alan's number two. My number two is Star Wars Angry Birds. 
uh, for the iPhone. What? <laughs> uh, I had so, no way of knowing that, like, of anticipating that Angry Birds was going to be the words that followed Star Wars there. <laughs> yeah, Alan's yeah. low-key 58 years old. Yeah, yeah. There's so many Star Wars games that came out in the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Angry, oh, Angry Birds sure took me by surprise, too. I almost spit off my ice cream. What a curveball. I would posit. I would posit that Star Wars Angry Birds is the best Star Wars game to come out in the last 10 years. I mean, <laughs> Star Wars Angry Birds Alan is great. So much. <laughs> I'm not going to argue against you on that one. Yeah, it's great. I mean, uh, I, I, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about, so what were the games that I spent a lot of time playing, right? And I didn't play a ton of console games over the last 10 years. I played a lot of games like when I was out in between classes, having a cigarette, or, you know, sitting in my car, having a cigarette, or on the porch, having a cigarette, um, you have seven minutes, usually, ballpark, to finish that off, and and Angry Birds just fits in there perfectly. Original Angry Birds uh, came out too early, so I couldn't choose that. So Star Wars Angry Birds, though, uh, it was great. Yeah, you're not... You're not chipping away at a Persona 5 in seven-minute chunks over a cigarette. Dude, Absolutely I played not. Star Wars Angry Birds. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, it's great. They gave the, uh, they gave, you know, obviously the characters got new skins, um, so they look like they're from Star Wars. Uh, yeah, and, and there's no forced... other difference. So was say, is that it? It's otherwise Angry Birds? They gave them force powers, so like, you know, the red bird was Luke Skywalker bird and he um he could push things with the force and uh you know shit shit like that. I mean Princess Leia was the pink <laughs> bird and she had she had I forget like she made bubbles or something like that. I don't know. And then they made the pigs uh castles in the shape of TIE fighters and Star Destroyers. I mean it was it was just a thing. Um but I I just saw it is deleted off of my iPhone. I haven't played it in a couple of years. And so I don't know. I'm looking at you, company, that owns Angry Birds Star Wars. The licensing agreement ran out, maybe? I mean, I I paid like $1.99 for that eight years ago, <laughs> nine, ten years ago. And I'm... Um, <laughs> 890 hours. And now you have nothing to show for it. Yeah, I mean, so I'm just, I'm kind of interested. Write us call i don't know call us i don't know if there's a phone thing don't call us um, don't but call, us. call definitely call bloodbath um, yeah call bloodbath. also <laughs> also probably Aaron. hold on i'll get his um, phone number hold on i'll get his phone but, leave, but definitely leave the rest of us alone yeah i so alan i am picturing now now that you say that i'm picturing a like an ebay listing where someone's like i'm selling an iphone nine that has angry bird star wars on it the price is one thousand four hundred dollars <laughs> goodbye stimulus and you can ever connect it to the internet or else it will disappear yeah. never yeah exactly. that's got to be an air-gapped don't, don't open any other apps yeah you can't use this to call 911 even just it's an angry birds machine it is an angry birds machine it may be worth it so wait so are you are you playing through like levels designed around these special force powers or are, is the plot of star Wars involved in this somehow, or is it just like levels? 
it's it's just levels they there's uh you start on tatooine and then you go to um there is uh like a death star level and then hoth and then maybe so it's another, so it's the plot oh, of star wars cloud city yeah essentially it, <laughs> it follows the plot of star wars but there's not you know there's not there's a plot, still just puzzle levels there's, there's cuts yeah you're just hit with the bird you're just killing pigs. you're popping you're popping pigs man i mean that's what the whole thing is um there aren't there aren't different you know there there's no hidden meaning here you're just throwing birds at pigs <laughs> that's all we really want out of life isn't it it's, it's a great way to spend alan five seven minutes person to me <laughs> uh alan i hardcore disagree that that could possibly be the best star wars game in the last 10 years but i'm glad you had fun buddy i don't i don't think <laughs> i've played alan. any other star wars game in the last 10 years except for star wars battlefront 2 um that was originally released uh, back in like 2005 i played I play that game sometimes. That one's a lot of fun. It is fun. And it's way better than the new, like, updated version of it. Like, the new version, which is terrible. Yeah, I, I heard that. I never played that one. I'm quite content with Star Wars Battlefront 2 from back in the day. Great game. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe uh, maybe update the graphics or something, but a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on from Star Wars Angry Birds. Let's listen to some music from Bloodbaths number two. So my number two is GTA Five. Yeah, that game is fucking amazing. Two thousand twelve or two thousand thirteen, I don't know. Um, I've always been a big fan of the GTA series. Um, and then the, this one is sort of the magnum opus of like what they've been able to, what they've been able to accomplish in like an open world game. Like I've seen tons of like think pieces and YouTube videos written about like just the amazing detail that they put into this game. Like there's so many things going on in this game. So many, you know, the, the world is so full. The environments are so full. They, you know, it's a huge map. It's a huge world. There's so much detail to every action that you take in there. Um, it's, it's really, it just on a technical level, like it's extremely impressive. So, you know, uh, I I love this game a lot. It's probably the game I play the most. I just hop on there. Like, side note, is it bad if, like... So, you know, I know everybody just, like, you know, wants to jump on GTA and, like, just 
blow off some steam, like kill people and like shoot things and stuff like that. Is it maybe bad if like I I just like to like my favorite weapon's the hammer and like I just like to run <laughs> down the street up to people and just hit them in the head with a hammer and keep running? No, dude, that's, that's I'll do not, that for hours that's, that's on, and hours on. There. Yeah, dude, that's. Are you? I mean, very, I do it so much. It's very on brand for <laughs> someone named Bloodbath. Yeah, yeah super, it's super. Probably an indicator of something. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, any uh, any psychiatrists out there want to psychoanalyze us <laughs> during this conversation? Hey, Alan's a psychiatrist. Alan, analyze him for us. <laughs> Do you not know what a lawyer is? <laughs> I uh, I I don't. So um, anyway, I think this game is amazing. Um, my my criticism, I do I did want to bring this up was that you know I think how in this game. You had the three characters, so there's three narratives that intertwine with each other. Um, I really liked how the game started; like everything was unlocked, like the entire world is open right from the get-go. You didn't have to, you know, complete so much of the story, and and then this section of the map is unlocked, and then you go further, and this section is unlocked. The the entire thing is unlocked from the get-go. I think that's awesome. My what I would ask of GTA Six for whenever that comes out if there ever is a GTA 6 um it w- it would be really fun to see a a, a GTA where there's no storyline whatsoever there's no narrative whatsoever you just create your character and i understand that the online component of this game was sort of that however like online games suck today and like i it's miserable playing against other people cuz i don't have 12 to 16 hours a day to like just grind it out and become like the best player ever um anyway so i understand that was like sort of the intention line component to this game but um i think it'd be really cool if there was a gta where there's just no story whatsoever everything's open everything's unlocked there's just side quests and side missions and you basically just like choose your own path like completely like you know you just get to you know Anything you want to do within the confines of what's there, you can do. You don't have to follow narrative or get stuck in these, like, you know, well, you got so far in this mission, but now you have to, like, complete these three other steps, so everything's just sort of in limbo, and then you get bored, and then you turn around hitting people in the head with a hammer. Like, you know, just have it a little bit more open, a little bit more open, a little bit more, you know, you can kind of create your own destiny and sort of, like, go whichever direction you want to go in the game. Um... I mean, I, this game is very close to that, but, like, it just doesn't have that full-on... I would actually argue, like, my favorite GTA is GTA 3 for PlayStation 2, and I would actually argue that with all the limitations all the limitations of that game, like, I would argue it's more of an open world and free environment than GTA 5 is, because GTA 5 locks you in so much with the story and all these barriers and things kind of stopping your progress if you don't do things a certain way you have to play the game the way they want you to play the game and i think it'd be cool on this next gen to like find a way around that so that there is just complete freedom but this game gets really close to it it's awesome i love hitting people in the head with a hammer or a wrench or a sword or a broken yeah if you want to you want to mix it up a, a bit <laughs> you just want to bash wrench. some teeth in bro yeah come on <laughs> um i, I... I really played uh I played GTA 5 a ton right when it first came out and I so I agree with you Bloodbath if there was no story I probably would have kept playing because the story in GTA 5 is terrible the characters are awful like I Agreed. did 
I did not find any of them to be likable enough to like want to play as them. Um, GTA four was better than that. Vice city was better than that with the characters and story, uh, at least in my memory. Um, but I was, if you didn't bring up the online part, I was going to bring it up because the concept of grand theft auto online and the way that people play it is fucking baffling to me. The way that they have little societies and they fucking work jobs within GTA Online is insane to me. Like, you're going to log into GTA 5 and you're just going to fucking work as a taxi driver for for four hours. And that's what you did that day on, like, during your gaming time. It's, like, it's bizarre to me that I some don't people understand play that. It that way. That seems like like it would it would become the purge immediately. Like... Yeah, I don't see any other outcome. How does that? How does that? It kind of is. I mean, have you not? Have you played it? I mean, I'm not. I'm not I have not played. Like I have not played. I have not played Grand Theft Auto Five Online. No. So, but so there are people that play it as like a purge scenario, but there are groups of people who log in and they have a society in GTA Online, and that's how they play it. It is maybe it's not the way that most people play it, but there are people who do that and. Maybe because it's so goddamn weird that 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 like the fact that it's happening gets amplified and you hear about it more than it's actually happening. Maybe that's what's happening, but it, it's it's wild to me. Um, I but I kind of disagree that if if a new GTA just had no story and it was just sandbox, I probably wouldn't buy it at all. I'd never play it. Like I, I, I completely disagree with that too. And I think GTA Five has a really good storyline. Uh, oh, yeah, man. the characters are. Yeah, the characters are like. I get it. They're like kind of over the top, but like, how was that hillbilly dude's name? He was a great fucking character. You know what I mean? Like, the, it does have a really cool story. It has an action movie vibe to it. Like, if you played the game without a narrative, you wouldn't have anything to do. You'd just be running around hitting people in the face with a fucking hammer. Well, that's what Bloodbath wants. So listen, I mean, hey, no, like, hey, they for yeah. him, sure. But I'm just saying, They've done that if for it was just hours like, on end. I, I know. Bloodbath, I mean, there's I an know. audience for that. There is. Yeah, there, but how do we there, market that to the Grand Theft Auto audience? Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, without without a storyline, you're you're not doing anything, which means like you don't really have a game. Like, right, you don't have goals. You don't have this. You're just like, well, I'm just gonna run around hit people in the face with a hammer until I get a boner and then I can go jack off and go to bed like that you know what actually now that I think about it that's that's pretty sweet never mind yeah you're right I'm lining up at midnight you could still have goals I just feel it's like again you take GTA 3 for example like you know there were like you had at a certain point early on in the game you had like three different places you could go to like complete missions you didn't have to do them in a specific order. You didn't have to do them in a specific, you know, manner. If you decided not to do them, there were still other side quests on top of that that you could go work on. There were still just other things you could go do. And I feel it's sort of like, like, this game has such, like, the narrative is so integral to the game that it feels like you can only ever, you can only ever experience, you know, 40% of the game unless you're willing to do whatever they need to do to get to the next stage. And yeah. I just feel like that. I mean, it's fine. If the game is number two on my list for a reason, I'm just saying like, I think it'd be a neat idea if there, you went further with it and just said like, no, like you can go to this place and you can work for these guys. You can work for these guys. And like, you know, but you don't even have to do any of it. Like, I don't know. I just, 
I mean, that's almost here in the game, but it, it's still not. It's just, it's got just a little bit of, you know, that too much structure to me to enjoy. Well, Rockstar can make games with really good stories because the Red Dead Redemption games, that's what you play for, basically. And Or if you like riding a horse and skinning raccoons and shit. But they can make games with really good stories, and their most recent game has great characters and a great story, so why not the next one? They could do it. They just... I don't know. Let's move on from Grand Theft Auto V and get music from Scott's number two. not have orchestrated a better segue my number two is red dead redemption 2 okay there we go yeah, uh, fucking awesome. I've been, I've been blown away by like with each one of your number twos like for, for all of the reasons each of you like your number two there is an element of that that is also true about why i love dead red dead redemption 2 okay um, <laughs> like all the way up until grand theft auto uh grand theft auto 5 i even um, star wars angry birds <laughs> <laughs> I might need some time, but I bet I can draw a line, a through line from there. I believe you. Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, it, it is um, I, I, sim- similar to, to Destiny. I think it is it is not only an impressive feat of like um, of game development, uh, while also it, uh, acknowledging that much like uh, in the way that CD Projekt Red uh, runs their their teams, um, probably too much effort in too little time. Um, but it it the it has been a very long time since I have played a game that I felt was so um, that I forgot the real world for so long, like that I just like got so immersed in the character development is amazing, the art is amazing, the environmental effects are amazing. Like I would just spend like it it is a game that I enjoyed like n- not doing quests in, like it I enjoyed. Uh, to speak to something you've said several times, Dave, like be uh, the feeling of I got to feel like a cowboy. Like I would, yeah. I would spend like hours just like just like role playing in that game, like you know, decking Arthur out in like the coolest uh, like outfit, getting on a horse, heading out to the wilderness, like s- doing several day night cycles on like uh, uh, like animals that I had hunted myself. Like 
I, I just I have put so many hours into that game that we're not doing the quests, uh, and it, and it's, and it's like a world that I I never wanted to leave behind. Um, I will side note like once I did finish it, it felt like a game where I would keep going back to do just that, and I didn't, uh, which is yeah. why I think that like a Grand Theft Auto Six with no story would would. It, it. I understand why it sounds cool. I think ultimately it would result in an experience that would be unsatisfying. Yeah. Um, Real quick, uh, please, please, no spoilers on Red Dead Two because it's on my short list of like games that now that I have a, a baller TV, I'm going to play it soon. So, uh, did you did you play Red Dead One? Yeah, I did. Okay, okay. Um, I appreciate you saying that. I, I that I can I, I will make sure to avoid that. But it is it is just. Um, it also has, in addition to just being like a super immersive world, like the sound design, the the, the art, the um, you know, like it's standing on top of a mountain and watching the sunrise and shit. Like it's it's just like it's it pulls you in. The character development is so so good, um, and and I I I have heard a fair amount of criticism um, of it that I don't I don't want to tell people who criticize it that they're wrong. I don't necessarily feel the same way. Um, which is to say that, like, there is a fair amount of it that feels on rails. There's a fair amount of it that feels like, like, uh, it, it is not the, um, uh, I forget a game we were talking about a little bit earlier, um, about, uh, being able to play as a character that has, like, an established morality, right? Like, it is, like, Arthur is not a blank slate character, but he's also not really a character that, like, has, that everybody has like a pop culture awareness of. Um, And so like to a certain extent, the game does push you to play him in a certain way because it's not like, you know, uh, an elder scrolls game where it like you are, you get to be whoever you want to be in this world. You are Arthur Morgan. Um, But uh, fine games don't have to like, not all games have to let you play the character the way you want to. Right, exactly, and I and I think like there there are a couple of places where the gameplay and the narrative kind of like um, I actually uh, ludo narrative dissonance I think was the term that I once read about for this, but it's right. where like the game kind of inc- like the the the, the, the me- it mechanically incentivizes you to play uh, in in a way that is antithetical to the way the narrative is portraying that character, right. Um, where like so Ar- you know like Arthur is ultimately a good guy but like it's a cowboy game so you're going to end up like in situations where you're in shootouts and so like sometimes that gets a little awkward um but uh but like aside from that it has this really interesting like um it, the 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 structure of the game kind of has these like choke points that allow you to like spend as much time as you want uh exploring uh exploring the world um, and and the current state of things, and doing these side quests to explore these character relationships, um, and it's and it's fairly clear like what the triggering action that is going to like close those doors behind you and open the the next chapter of the story, um, which is something I really appreciate. I think like it's it's something that accompanies that like it nudges you to play the game a certain way, but also it gives you the space to explore the world for as long as you want before you say, okay, yes, take me to the next, next story beat. Um, and it is, it has, it like, it had some of the most, like I had some of the most emotional reactions to some of the moments in that story than I have from any game in a very long time. 
Um, they really just like they make you buy in. Uh, it's just super immersive. Um, I love it, and it really does achieve that. Like, makes you feel like a cowboy. Hell yeah! yeah. I'm sorry. Yeehaw! <laughs> Yeehaw! In, in, instead of playing music <laughs> yeah. from Red Dead Two, you should play. I want to be a cowboy, baby. <laughs> no, no, you shouldn't do that. That's a uh, dude that. That is like in that. the soundtrack. It plays yeah, right, when point. you're riding a horse through the <laughs> <laughs> through the desert or whatever. So yeah, it's, it, it, it's a song that plays whenever you like climb on top of a moving train. Before you bed a woman. Yeah. <laughs> so if I can say two things to what Scott said, like I I do agree because. You know, that was a game I was really excited for, and I got it for Christmas. And um, I I really kind of, like, just totally lost interest, like, really quick with it. And I feel part of it's, like, you're saying as far as, like, the story and the narrative goes, as far as kind of feeling like you're pulled in one direction, but the character is kind of set up to be uh, more of a... Prote- well, I mean, he's a protagonist, but I mean, he's... he's uh, the moral ambiguity is not there as much as like the game wants you to think that it is. So, like, there's a little bit of like tragic hero in there, right? Yeah, a, a little bit, but I do. F- I I just feel I kind of lost interest in it. My wife got super, super duper into it. I watched her play through it like twice. Like she was <laughs> all about it, and she, uh, just by watching her, I, and I felt the story. My and from my point of view, I was like, this seems just it. It, it does seem a little like tonally like weird because it does seem like it wants to be sort of two things at once just by the way it's designed and where they want you to end up going with it in addition to that i do think that i do think that red dead is sort of like the poster child for why i i still feel like i gripe about modern video games is because to me you know it sort of takes a little bit of the trial and error aspect out of it and to me it's like every action you do in this game is met with a cutscene or a quick time event or everything you do, everything where you walk, everything you walk up to has like four different sub menus that you can, you know, click on this, push this, do this, you know, everything yeah. you wanted, every single thing you could possibly want to do in this world is an option to do. They found a way to make every button, you know, have nine different functions. And it, it's not that it's overwhelming because it's not because it tells you, in the corner what to do at every moment but it just doesn't feel like the reward of like you know if you're playing a super nintendo game or or a nintendo 64 game or even a ps1 game you know you'd you wouldn't know that you could do certain things you would find that out like purely by trial and error and you know you'd be like oh if you're standing in this exact right spot and you do this exact right sequence of you know, button mashing, like, you can make this happen or that happen. Like, they take all that away in, like, modern games, especially, like, this game, and it's like, oh, no, here, just push that button, and you can skin this dead animal and, you know, save the pelt, and you can go sell it. I mean, it just... It's cool, it's neat, but, like, again, it just feels like it just takes... It just it just becomes a different beast to me, and I just... I just... I can't appreciate it the same way I can on more old-school video games, but... Bloodbath just really wants to be able to actually skin an animal in the game. He doesn't want to just press a button. What is is wrong with you, man? F plus. 
it makes it, it not feel like, it, with a it hammer. Makes it not feel like a game. It makes it not feel Blood like Bath a game. Bloodbath never played this game. I, it took me four seconds of Bloodbath talking to realize he's never played this game before. I played Sorry, Bloodbath. Everything you're no, saying it's... is wrong. Everything. I, no, I, I don't I, think that's true. I, I actually, that's like, I, I think that, like, it, I think all of that is absolutely fair. I think t- t- for me, most of the criticism I hear about this game feels less like, um, like objective criticism and more just like, a, a, like, it, it it kind of identifies the the difference between you and I as gamers, right? Like, I don't fault you for not finding that satisfying. That's totally cool. I was watching a video uh, uh, exploring some of the systems in Red Dead Redemption earlier uh, today, and um, while I don't feel this sentiment myself, I I thought it was a well crafted one. Um, he described it as being the best TV show I ever played, um, and he's not wrong. Like to an extent, like there is a story that is being told to you uh and it is like there there are you there are like segments where you were you 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 work you hit the button to pass through the quick time event uh but at the same time like i i it's i feel like it's been so long like maybe not even since like skyrim um which maybe we can talk about at some point uh but um did i like i i i personally almost I, I had no problem wanting, like, I knew they wanted me to be, to, to act the way Arthur would act. And, like, uh, my personal sensibility was just, like, I was fine with that. I was, like, ready to buy into that. And I totally don't fault people who are not, um, or, or who, like, you know, wanted to, want, wanted more, like, freedom of, of, of choice, I guess. Um, but to me, I thought it was just, like, it was a, it was a fun world to inhabit, and it was, um, also a a well-written story that was granted told to me rather than played but good and enjoyable nonetheless i still think it's a great game and like honestly like i i i enjoyed playing the online version of that and i mean the game itself is fun i mean i'm not it's not like i'm completely knocking it i will say one criticism i do think like is harder for me just personally to get over is like i do think the the combat or the gunfighting system in the game is a little like difficult to like enjoy, in my opinion. I have, but I, I actually have no argument. It's exactly there. the like, same I, as I GTA no, Five. I, it's exactly have the no same defense as GTA Five Bloodbath. Exactly the same. No, it's not. Yeah, no, but in not. the old West, they hadn't invented hammers yet. So yeah, good point. Good point. Good point. There is the it, there is that like it does have that little like quick draw system where like if you like have the meter filled up, you can like like click one of the joysticks or something, and it like goes into slow mode slow and makes time. you feel yeah. it makes you feel really cool because you get to be like a sharpshooter. Yeah, you can headshot yeah. sixty two guys all at once. It's pretty cool. Yeah, very pop, satisfying. Pop, 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 pop. Yeah. It was just it was it was another one of those games that just felt really tactile and, and again like you said very satisfying to play. That's my number two. Let's move on from uh, Red Dead Two. First, we're going to hear a word from our sponsor. Hey everybody, before we do our number one picks, we'd like to talk to you about that magical drink, the one that makes this podcast possible. That's right, we're talking about coffee. At a top three podcast, we are in way different time zones, and we record super late at night for the for most of us actually, and coffee is what makes it all tick. 
We're proud to share with you one of our favorite local roasteries, Barbell Brew. Barbell Brew provides single-origin coffee beans that are air-roasted in small batches on location in Troy, Ohio, and they're available for shipping nationwide. Check them out at barbellbrew.com where you can find pre-ground or whole bean coffee in several different varieties or sign up for their Coffee of the Month program for a curated caffeination experience. We also have an exclusive deal for our listeners, 20% off your first order using the promo code TOP3 at checkout. That's the promo code TOP3, that's the number three in there, at checkout, 20% off your first order. Barbell Brew also has a really cool program called Coffee for a Cause, where each month they donate a percent of their profits to a different charity. The charity for May 2021 is Dress for Success Cincinnati. So your purchase of your coffee is going to help uh, women in need in the Cincinnati area get professional clothes and get a support network and all that good stuff. So follow them at Barbell Brew Coffee Roasters on Facebook and at Barbell Brew Coffee on Instagram. And check our episode description for links to those pages and their website so you can get your coffee on. Support local coffee roasters and taste the difference. All right, back to those number ones. Okay, now we're going to listen to some music from my number one. Okay, so my number one game from the last 10 years is um, another PlayStation exclusive. It is Bloodborne. That is my favorite game from the last 10 years. And a lot of the things that Bloodbath was complaining about with Red Dead are things that are the exact opposite in Dark Souls games and Bloodborne. So I think if I had to say what my favorite type of game to play is these days, it's the Dark Souls Bloodborne style games. Um, and Bloodborne's just my favorite of all of those. So in Bloodborne and Dark Souls, nothing is told to you at all. The game tells you how to play, it tells you the controls, and then you are sent out to figure out how to play 
to figure out how to beat the bosses, how to beat these difficult games. Um, the only real guidance you get is from the multiplayer system where other players can leave tips for you as messages. And other than that, you figure out how to get into these levels. You figure out how to beat these enemies. You figure out what the hell's going on with the story. It's it's on you to do it. And so a lot of people like these games because they are throwbacks to like this old, older like uh, kind of theory of designing games where you put the everything's in the player's hands. So for those who don't know what Bloodborne is, um, it's an action RPG, really fast combat. Um, if you've played Dark Souls but haven't played Bloodborne because it's locked on uh, PS4. Uh, Bloodborne is way faster than Dark Souls. You can't block. There are no shields, so it, you're you have to dodge around. Um, so it has everything I like about the Dark Souls games. I love the combat. I love figuring out how to beat each enemy. Um, the The story is very is indirectly told. Uh, it's actually something that. I'm not too good at figuring out what the hell's going on with the story, but there are people who like it's their job to make YouTube videos that explain it. So I can help with that. Uh, but Bloodborne is set in like a a horror Victorian setting, uh, which is just really, really cool. You're in this old ass city at night. Uh, there's it starts out as like a like a kind of werewolf story. You're out on the hunt fighting these beasts. And then it turns into like a Lovecraftian story about halfway through. And so like the story and the vibes are A plus in Bloodborne. And it also has some of my favorite, like my favorite combat system, which is like this Dark Souls, very methodical, very like strategic action combat. It's one of those games where if you go in and you, you're not playing it the, the way that you should, you'll just die to the first enemy you see will just fuck you up. Like the random dude with like a, a machete is supposed to be like the easy enemy will kill you if you're not playing the right way. So I think it addresses a lot of the things that like bloodbath said about red dead and modern games in general, where um, there's too much, too many systems, too much being like force fed to you. Um, too much of it being like an interactive story, too many cutscenes. Most of those things don't happen in Bloodborne or in the Dark Souls games. It's like it's really just a lot of time with you spent figuring out how to uh how to succeed in the game. So uh Bloodborne's my favorite. I could have easily put Dark Souls here. I love Dark Souls as well, but um the tone, the atmosphere in Bloodborne puts it over the top for me. That's my number one. Interesting. So I, I've played Bloodborne a little bit. Okay. What'd you think? Well, I thought it was uh, way too hard. I actually hate games like Dark Souls and Bloodborne. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's a cool game. I guess my biggest problem with it and why I ended up just like giving up on it is one, I'm very bad at those kinds of video games. Atmospherically, it's awesome. Like the voice acting is awesome. The graphics are awesome. The battle system is awesome. The biggest problem I had is that like the save feature, like 
it's like it's like okay so like once every like two and a half hours we're gonna let you save and like if you fuck up at any point in that two and a half hour period you got to go back and play it for another hour like it's kind that of what is, we talked about earlier that is, aaron aaron that is 100 percent not the way the save system works the game auto Fine. saves the game auto saves after every enemy you fight that's not true. So when <laughs> I played true. Bloodborne, if so you when die, I Bloodborne, the way it works is if you die, you have to go back and all the enemies respawn. Correct. That that is true, but the game yeah, saves it's two like two and a few, half hours in it, between each one of those little places that it'll send you back to. It's not after you die. It's not. I did. The game a is good famous. Amount. The game is famous for uh, you being able to open up shortcuts to quickly get back to your checkpoints. Yeah, dude, I didn't get that far. Like I said, bro, I fucking sucked at it. I really wanted to be good and, you know, enjoy it. But it's the same thing with Dark Souls, man. It's just, like, I'm not, like, a methodical combat kind of guy. I'm like, hey, do I have a shotgun kind of guy? You know what I mean? Like, so, like, I'm I'm kind of all in on just, like, like pure chaotic. Like, you know, kind of like in Hades, like we talked about, just going in, just fucking shit up, not having to worry about what they're doing. Like, me setting the tone of the battle, not them. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, like I, I did think it was really cool, but I, I did not get very far. I got very, very, very frustrated with it. Like yeah. very, very, very frustrated with it. And so that's the reputation that those games get is that they're like super, super difficult, which they are, but they're not like, I don't think that they're unfair. You have to figure out how each enemy attacks. You have to watch them. And once you figure it out, you can do it. And Bloodborne is one of the harder ones in the series. I actually find the first Dark Souls game to be pretty easy going back to because I know how to play it now. Um, Bloodborne's harder because you can't block. You have to dodge or you have to parry with your gun. You can't just hide behind a shield. I think shield. that makes it easier than Dark Souls. Like, dodging's like natural to me. You know, I did that all throughout The Witcher, too. I yeah. am very bad at that game. Yeah. So... I, I think that they are difficult, and if you're if you would get frustrated easily by it, then it's definitely not going to work for you. But for some reason, I was just able to get into all of these, um, and yeah, I just fucking love all of these types of or most of these uh, like Dark Souls esque games. I don't think that I have the patience for them, generally speaking. Like I, I, I I'm fascinated by their design. Um, but like the the reason I know that that I believe you when you say that like it, it, there is a it is not unfair that it is like there is a fight there is a a rigid system to be learned there is because I've yeah. seen the videos of people beating Dark Souls bo- bosses using like the bongos from DK Jungle Beat or whatever that <laughs> yeah. that yeah, game like is or like hero yeah, a Guitar yeah. Hero controller a DDR pad like I, that people get that shit done and it's like. I can't like that must be true that like you can yeah. you can learn it like you can learn a guitar hero song. Yeah, uh, absolutely. If people can do that with 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 that, with those kinds of controller inputs. But you you definitely can't just charge in uh without uh thinking about what the enemy's doing because even in yes. Dark Souls the first couple of skeletons you come across will just kill you if you're not like respecting what, what they're going to do. Yeah, if you're button mashing. Um Yeah. And you can't button mash because there's a stamina system, and if you run out of stamina, you're just fucked. So it's uh, that's true in any kind of fighting. You don't even have to be fighting demons for that. Yeah, that's true. You could be fighting your next door neighbor, Carl. 
who won't give you back your set of Allen wrenches. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's uh, that's Bloodborne. It's my number one. I'm waiting patiently for an update, updated graphics for the PS5, uh, updated frame rate because it does. It was one of the first like PlayStation exclusives. It's pretty old now, and I would like it to be updated. But I love that game so much. So let's move on and let's listen to some music from uh, Aaron's number one. So my number one, before I say it, uh, was not even on my list of the first 10 video games uh, that I put down for what it may or may not be. Uh, and Cody actually reminded me of it a couple of days ago because he seen me playing it a couple of times. Uh, and it is now my number one. I've realized that it is the best game made in the last decade, which is Telltale's The Walking Dead series. Um, so yeah, so I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of what Telltale did, uh, before they, uh, collapsed, uh, because they're, they had a stupid business model and they never did anything right. Uh, but the Telltale Walking Dead series is the greatest video game narrative ever put out there. Uh, the basic, uh, so what Telltale does is they make, they made, <laughs> oh shit, I'm just shitting on them and I love them so much. So Telltale made uh, basically what, uh, like they, they basically made uh, choose your own adventure games. Uh, there's not a lot of moving your character around. There's a little bit, but basically there's a story in front of you. Uh, and the point of the game is to make decisions uh, that follow like a narrative that's already been put in place for you. Uh, but kind of it's your choice to decide, you know, who goes along with you, how you play it. So uh, th- what, what Telltale did is they take big uh, stories from other mediums, like they have a Game of Thrones one and a Borderlands one. But the very, very, very first one they did uh, was The Walking Dead. Uh, so they did four seasons of The Walking Dead video game. Uh, as far as like the main story was concerned, um, five episodes each season and they released a uh, season maybe like once every like three years. Uh, they actually just released the very last season last year. Uh, but basically, uh, it's the Walking Dead universe. Uh, the story uh, follows basically you're an eight year old girl named Clementine uh, who is stuck now in this zombie apocalypse and all four seasons kind of encompass her journey uh, from being abandoned by her parents, searching for her parents, becoming a parent, and then ultimately uh, trying to save her and her quote-unquote family. And it follows her from the age of, like I said, about five or six to about 15 or 16 years old. Uh, and it's, it's, it's absolutely gripping. I mean, there's this scene. I mean, this game is so violent. Like, these are not just like run-of-the-mill AMC walking dead shit. They deal with, like, real fucking apocalypse issues. Like, some of the most heinous shit you could ever imagine. Like, there's this scene. She's, like, nine, ten, uh, and she stumbles across this dog, like, in a forest. 
And uh, she goes to pet it, and the dog bites her fucking arm and, like, rips the skin off her arm, like, down to the bone. Uh, so as this nine-year-old girl, you shoot the dog in the face. Uh, then you uh, have to sew yourself back together. So you have this little, like, button game where she takes, like, a fish hook and, like, some wire that she just has. And you actually have to sew her arm back together while this nine-year-old girl is just screaming in like absolute agony and it's like a five ten minute scene and then afterwards you fucking skin and eat the dog right so it, it, it oh, it's jesus it's... christ rockstar games got sued for grand theft auto that's yeah. that's fucked up man like that's brutal that dog's fault. bro it is the most brutal shit everybody you got to teach your kids not to go up to strange dogs that doesn't listen, just give you a hey, right to shoot their listen, dog. Think about all right. she she's been alone in this apocalyptic wasteland. This is the first thing first thing she's seen that's not a zombie in forever. Now I'm sorry. Zombies you, are no excuse. And it's just it, it's 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 such a gripping narrative. Like it's it's scary and it's it's funny and it's ridiculously intense. Um and, and, and like I said, seeing this real, like this real, like what if scenario of a zombie apocalypse, like seeing it through the lens of like a, a little girl who through the story, you know, goes throughout puberty and takes on this role of, of motherhood. You know what I mean? It, it just eventually it, it, it's it's just so incredibly gripping. It is the greatest story ever told through a a video game uh and the the coolest thing about it was telltale went under before they released um the last season of the game uh and another company basically hired all the people that were working on that last game to come and finish it under their supervision so that they could actually finish the story uh because it is so so good and uh, I'm, i'm not gonna ruin anything but it it's it's just the best, and you, you know you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll jump out of your seat, you'll fucking cringe, you might throw up. It is horrific, like the kind of things that this little girl has to go through from point A of the story until the very end. And her name's Clementine, if I ever have a daughter. That's why I'm a namer. Like, that character means so much to me. Uh, it won Game of the Year. Like, you know, at the VGAs, it's not like it's a game that people haven't heard of before. I- I'm going to yeah. I'm going to stop talking about it, but it is front to back. Just the most gripping story I've, I've, I've ever I've, I and, and you get to play through it. You're not just reading it. You are directly influencing this little girl and the decisions she makes trying to survive. And it's 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 really, really powerful. And 10 out of 10 best story ever told through a video game. That sounds like the the least relaxing hobby in the entire world. That sounds bro. It, it, it is. It's a, bro. It's it's so like like I I had people who will watch me like play it and they'll just sit there for like thirty five minutes because every single scene is is it's like lost, man. Like every scene ends and you want more, and every scene that you're watching is powerful, and you just don't really get that a lot. Like like I said, it's not a standard video game. It's a choose your own adventure, but. You know, while it may not influence what, you know, is going to happen, it, it, it really forces you to be like, like you're raising this girl, like the, the decisions that you're making her make are, would, are, are they kind of presented to you like a, hey, you're looking after her. She's not looking after herself. You're, you're, you're letting her make these decisions and do these things. And 
you know, something's happened to her. It's, it's so fun. How'd you let her get bit by a dog, man? Well, I obviously chose the, Hey, pet that sad, hungry looking dog button. Cause I wanted a dog friend to follow me through the story, but I'll, I'll shut up talking about it. It's it, to me, like I said, it's, it's just such a, a force of a story that it, it, it just has gripped me more than any other video game. So telltales walking dead seasons one to four, I counted as one game. I best game made in the last decade. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a, it's a benchmark of good storytelling to like make the audience feel things and, I think there are that video games have a, have a unique opportunity to do that in a way that like novels and movies don't just by, by you being like tactilely involved. They also have a unique opportunity to fuck it up, which is why a lot of games. Also true. A lot of game stories aren't very good. So when you find one that like, like truly affects you, it moves you, man. It sticks around. It sticks around a lot longer than, like a movie that really affects you. Like if you play a lot of games, you'll remember that game that like really moved you because a lot of games that have stories don't have good stories. So uh, I, I've never played this game. Uh, I didn't know that they made pick your own adventure games, video games. Um, They did. Do you guys have, do you guys have pick your own adventure books? I had a goosebumps book when I was in like second grade. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that, take, that's what made me like your... you know this kind of game. Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's, no, that's, it's the that same was fantastic, thing, huh? Yeah, well, you should have taken better care of that little girl, Aaron. All right, you know, I mean, I did, I did. She was fine at the piece end. Piece of but, you know. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Growing pains, you know. Sometimes you gotta sew your arm back together, or like you know, shoot an old lady in the face so she doesn't take your baby. You know, things happen. Whomst among us have hasn't? Yeah, right. <laughs> As I say, we were all thirteen once. If I had a nickel, <laughs> I thought you said she was nine. <laughs> yeah, um, we were we were all nine once. Eight year olds, <laughs> dude. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's move on from Telltale's Walking Dead. Let's listen to some music from Alan's number one game. My number no, my number one game is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. 
I'm yeah. kind of surprised it's taken this long, but yeah, Same. let's hear it. Wonderful game. Yeah. Can't believe I haven't heard it yet. I can't believe that. Well, so the only reason that I think that it's it's fair that it hasn't come up yet is because we haven't done number ones all the way through. And I figured that it's it's got to show up somewhere at number one for someone else. Um, Breath of the Wild, you know, we talked a, a lot about The Witcher 3, which is a it's a fun game. It's a fun RPG. Um, but uh, the the sheer bliss that you get from just like jumping off the highest cliff you can find and and paragliding down out of, onto a field and landing on like a horseback um or just you know figuring out that you can cook or that uh the sword that's strapped to your back is going to wind up getting you struck by lightning um there are just so many there's a whole chemistry system it, it's it's beautiful it really is a, a a beautiful game um so i mean i i'm a big fan of the legend of zelda game that's i've played played them regularly for a while but um prior to breath of the wild i got the last one i had was twilight princess i believe which was you know like i mentioned earlier about 10 years before I'll say that the Zelda series, in my opinion, and it obviously in Nintendo's opinion too, was badly in need of some new ideas. Um, and Breath totally of the Wild, agree. it turns out Breath of the Wild was like exactly what the doctor ordered because it's yeah, it took a couple tries, fantastic. but they nailed it that time. Yeah, it's right. uh, it's so good. Breath of the Wild has like so you know how like that a lot of open world games will try to say, like, you see that mountain over there? You can go to that mountain. You can climb that mountain. Well, in most open-world games, climbing that mountain sucks, and sometimes there's nothing up there. In Breath of the Wild, sometimes there's nothing there. Sometimes there is. But climbing that mountain is fucking awesome. And then you get to jump off of it and paraglide down. It's so good. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. I, Boss I, fights like, are perfect. I, they're not, but... <laughs> <laughs> I haven't owned a Switch. Uh, uh, I play. I played Breath of the Wild for like a significant number of hours over the course of a week um, on my brother's Switch once when we were like on vacation for a week together or something. But that's kind of why I felt like I couldn't really consider it. If I had played through the whole game, I have no doubt it would have been on my list. Uh, yeah. I had a ton of fun playing it. It's it's definitely. I mean, it's on my honorable mentions uh, list. Uh, yeah, but it's a, it would it's a it's a worthy game. I I loved like every second I was playing it. And and it's kind of like The Witcher Three. Like if they made a Zelda game like around it, you know what I mean? Like it, it had basically the same kind of feel to it. Uh, to me, where you have a million different ways to get out of you know any situation. Um, they give you enough items to yeah basically play your way through it and like alan said it's those it's those little things you know like like when you're in the volcanic area and you drop a piece of raw meat on the ground and the ground cooks it because the ground's so hot like just little shit like that like is spread throughout the game you know you said like uh like you climb to the top of the mountain sometimes there's not anything there i i kind of feel the opposite i think they did a really good job of like if you see something that you want to go do they're they're like constantly giving you like something for going and doing that you know what i mean um but yeah like i said on the short list of my honorable mentions for sure it's one of the best games ever made like personally yeah yeah um it's uh it's a it's 
phenomenal, dude. Uh, I don't own a system that I can play it on, uh, but I've watched you play it, Aaron. Uh, my brother-in-law had me come over one night, and like him and I sat, and he just played it like for. He just went. He was so excited just to show me the game. Um, it's. I mean, it. I don't know, dude. It's, it's a major achievement. Um, it's not on my list purely because I've never owned it, so I really, I've really never played it. But, um. I do think it's amazing. Um, I think it does the open world concept like really, really well. I think it does like everything that I think I've been shitting on for like some of these other games like Red Dead and GTA five. Like I feel like Breath of the Wild like kind of nails it better um, than they do uh, in a lot of ways. Um, I I know uh, again, I've watched some videos and some like read some think pieces where people try and argue that breath of the wild is an allegory for video games itself um has like a medium and an art form um i mean which i don't know, I, I can't remember all the points it made but it was really interesting um for sure just to kind of see the you know detail not only the like technical detail but like just the narrative detail and just the world building and and um uh you know uh uh, allegorical details and some uh, symbols that they found a way to like kind of weave in there. Um, it's just, I don't know, dude. I think like that's I definitely think that's a good number one for everybody. Like that's almost like a Michael Bumpus. It it like it could have been. It, I mean, it, it obviously wasn't in my top three or Aaron's, but it's 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 not like it's not worthy of like being discussed at this like high level here. Yeah, in a, in a narrower version of this top three, it totally could have been a Michael. Yeah, if if we said top three Switch games or something like that, then yeah, absolutely. It's um, the best yeah. Switch game, like by far. One uh, one cool thing Breath of the Wild does is like you start out at the beginning of the game and you have this one goal, which is to go to the castle and fix shit. But you you're supposed to spend all this time preparing for storming the castle, and in my experience after a hundred hours or however long it was. And I was like, all right, I'm ready. I'm going to go, go to the castle. It felt fucking awesome going through Hyrule castle, like fighting the mini bosses there, getting all the way to Ganon. It's a really big level, the castle. There's a lot of stuff going on. And it was just, it was an excellent, like final dungeon before you fight the boss and beat the game. Um, for a game where the dungeons I didn't find to be very good, uh, very fun, because they they yeah, tried too big of a puzzle, man. It was just too much sometimes. They tr- they tried. They were it like, was. okay, well, this is still a Zelda game, so we're gonna try to make Zelda dungeons, but I, they didn't they didn't feel the same. But the last level was was great. Storming the castle was awesome. Uh, another thing about breath of the wild is it's another game like mario odyssey where if you go on youtube and look up like best breath of the wild stunts these people are playing a different game than you and i are with uh they with are, the different man. uh with the different sheikah slate abilities they're like they're like i'm gonna fucking i'm gonna bump this guardian up in the air i'm gonna juggle it with something then i'm gonna freeze it in time and whack it a bunch and then i'm gonna send it off flying and then i'm gonna shoot it with an arrow from six miles away it's insane the way these people do this with the same tool set that all players have they're manipulating the matrix i mean it's yeah it's 
outrageous <laughs> the things that they can do. Space and time are bent. Meaningless. When doing these yeah. Things. yeah. That's what you Great said call. too, Dave. Like, um, it definitely, you know, that franchise definitely needed a, you know, a change in direction and something different. Um, when Wake, like, I mean, I would argue the the last like the last really good Zelda game that came out on the 64. So, I mean, I feel like Wind Waker and, uh, like Alan mentioned Twilight Princess, like those were definitely like, they, they're not bad games, but man, like it just didn't feel like, I mean, very under, very underwhelming and definitely in need of, you know, something different. And they definitely, I, I hardcore disagree. I love Wind Waker so much. And, Twilight Princess was boring as fuck. I Twilight replayed Princess? that game no, a couple dude, years I loved, ago. I loved Twilight Princess. I loved it the first time I played it, and I replayed it fair. a couple years ago, and I was like falling fair, asleep fair. playing it. But yeah, dude, yeah, Wind Waker's it, it, awesome. Anyway, though, Wind Waker's great. Yeah, needed some fresh air though in the series. And Breath of the Wild was like exactly they fucking nailed it. And the balls Beautiful. to just like completely like rewrite the Zelda, like the way Zelda games work. Yeah, it was nailed, fundamentally nailed different. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. Um okay, moving on from Breath of the Wild, let's hear some music from Bloodbaths number 1. So, I had said that my number three directly correlates to my number one. Um, my number one is Marvel's Spider-Man. And the reason I say that number three and number one, I had to kind of talk about them together, was because all of the mechanical flaws I feel like I hear a lot of people bring up in um, the Batman Arkham, Arkham games... I feel that Spider-Man is very much a carbon copy of that, but they improve upon it so well. Um, particularly, like, the fighting system. Like, I think the fighting system in uh, the Arkham games is... It's fun, it's okay, it, it, it's, it, it works, but I can totally understand the criticism that it's um, a little boring and... A little, like, definitely very hard to master. It's kind of just, like, a button masher, and, um, you know, it, it's kind of full of, you know, cutscenes and quick-time events, and, you know, it just, it's really clunky, and I feel that um, 
Spider-Man definitely took that exact same system, but they just they found a way to kind of work or work improve upon it in so many ways. And I think fighting in this game is so much fun. I I just love it. It's you know if you haven't played the game, you know it's set up again. I feel while it's got an amazingly good story, it's like I spent so much time going through this game. Like I just you know it was before. We had just gotten married, and it was before uh, um, our daughter was born. So, like, I had plenty of time to devote to playing this, and it was like, that's probably the most time I've played a game in a long time. Um, I just had to find out how the story ended. I had to see every chapter unfold. It was it really had me gripped. But um, the game sets up the um, challenge system, the combat system. you know, it, it's all meant for a lot of replay value values so and get different trophies, different rewards. You know, it's very upfront with, you know, all the um, different avenues you can pursue as far as that goes. And it's so much fun to go to um, a gang's hideout or lair. You know, you, you've might you may have raided them like two or three times before and like you just want to get a better score. And you just fight like wave after wave after wave of like bad guys like you know, 30, 40, like, enemies each time in, like, there's six waves, so, like, it takes you, like, 30 minutes to, like, complete, you know, this attack on, like, a hideout or whatever. And the combat system allows you to, like, group these moves and combos together in such, like, a, like, you can do it a million times and it's never the same way. Like, you're always able to, like, add these different moves, do these different combos you do the special abilities like it's like a it's like a really well um it's like a jazz performance almost like you just string together all these little bits and pieces and it comes together and it's just beautiful man i just i love it so much it's so much fun um that being said like we mentioned spider-man 2 before again it's another open world i think they do such a amazing job of like making the world feel big making new york city feel like a real city there's tons of people everywhere there's tons of detail in all the buildings sidewalks landmarks um every aspect of it the weather systems the you know the physics on how you web sling through the city i just think it's it's done so well again like you know when i was talking about arc like you feel like you're batman you definitely feel like you're spider-man but like it almost goes beyond that to where it's like it's this very you know just a incredibly rewarding like replay value um you know, I, I played it a ton. Um, I downloaded all the extra campaigns and everything like that because I just wanted to keep playing it more. I 100%ed it, so I had all the costumes and gadgets and abilities, and I just wanted to keep going further and further and further with it. It's uh, it's my favorite game. That game is excellent, and I like it more than the Arkham games for the reasons you described uh, there. Uh, and, um, yeah, that web-slinging, around the city is just it's a joy it's like a, a joyous video game experience to just swing around the city it's so good the story was surprisingly good in that game too like i was not expecting for the end of a fucking spider-man game to make me almost cry but yeah okay, it did dave have you done the extra can like the download like the extra like campaign that you can um uh, play I don't remember exactly what they were. I know I had them, and 
I in my memory there you're are is, are you clearing out a lot of bases in those uh, DLCs? Yeah. So the DLCs, there's three of them, um, and it it will do the same thing. That there's bases you have to clear out, and you can go back and get rewards. There's a few other like sort of side missions, but they're sort of like narratives. Um, yeah. Of collect, but it's got like the black cat, and you got to collect some things, and then there's bases you got to clear and stuff like that. The storyline that goes through that though is almost equally as good as the one that's in the original. Like I remember like the the big twist in the story and I'm not gonna give it away, but I was just like, oh my god, dude, like this is like first of all, like it would like completely like rewrite everything that happened in the original game, but it also like rewrites like the Spider Man like mythos and I was just like, dude, this is like ballsy as fuck. Um it was yeah, really good. I think I I think I started them and it was like here's more bases for you to clear out and that was my least favorite part of the game so i was like no i'm not doing this (laughs) i actually thought the like clearing out the warehouses the warehouse challenges i thought those were tedious like i didn't want a little bit um a little bit i i think when um uh oh god who is it it's the silver sable um and like the third act of the the main campaign um that's what i thought like then the entire third act of the game i just thought was like such a like great like way to like up the stakes and make i don't know it feels like it's a totally different game the like last half or last third Mm. bloodbath if you get a chance you should play that miles morales game because in my opinion it's better than the first spider-man game um the combat in it is better you have more things to do um I think Miles is a more fun character to like see his story than Peter and um it's shorter too. So if you don't have a ton of time to play games, you can play the whole thing in like 8 hours. Um it's not a big time commitment. So I definitely recommend that. But Spider-Man 2018 was really really good. Has anybody else played it? Spider-Man? I have not. Sounds yeah. fun, though. I think I'd spend most of the time swinging around the city. Yeah, it's only on PS4, so... I won't yeah, my uh, my roommate bought it for me, actually, for my birthday, and I uh, I have not even opened it yet. But everybody lot. says oh, it's awesome. Yeah, everybody says it's awesome. I just, like I said, ever since I played Persona 5, I'm just like, I don't want to play any game that, you know, is going to take me a, a lot of time to play. I know it's pretty big. It's it's not. It's you can play the the main quest with some side quests in twenty hours or less. It's not a very long game. Sounds a lot longer than Enter the Gungeon. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's move on from Spider Man, and let's listen to some music from Scott's number one.
My number one is uh, the Hitman World of Assassination trilogy, which I, uh, I, 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 I feel like I have a compelling argument for why the games that came out in 2016, 2018, and 2021 count as one game. Yeah, I'm with you, uh, dude. You've, have, you, have you played all, all the way through all of them? I didn't buy Hitman 3 yet, but I played 1 and 2, and I fucking love it, those games. So it's just, I mean, just like at a super high level, like they are, they, they, they tell a contiguous story, they are built on the same engine, there is no, like, dramatic shifts from one to the next. Uh, once you have purchased all the content, you access it through, like, the same interface, and you could play from the beginning of one to the end of three without knowing where the breaks are. So, like, that's kind of my justification for it being, like, one thing, but... uh uh, for for anyone who's not familiar, the Hitman series. Well, actually, um, I can't speak to the whole Hitman series because Hitman 2016 was was the very first Hitman game I've ever played. Um, the which old, is the old ones are the old ones are terrible. I played a few of them. They're bad. I have to assume they were. I have no interest in going back playing them, but I don't know if like spiritually the game changed from like what it was then to what it is now. But what it is now is just. One of my favorite things uh, in in the entire world of video gaming. So, like, uh, Hitman is is a, is a, is a story about a character named Agent Forty Seven, who's in uh, uh, to, to to some vague extent a genetically engineered assassin um, that uh, gets sent on on missions to take out assassination targets. Um, and it has the, like the storyline, the narrative that unfolds over the course of it is kind of cheesy, like in a, in a Jason Bourne style way. Like it is, yeah. it's not, not entertaining, but it also, it is also not like, it is not the, the, the like meaty narrative of red dead redemption or, or the walking dead. It's a lot of like secret society, like, uh, like, yeah, cyber, like, like stalking in the shadows like the people who pull the strings type story exactly you're taking down like the the illuminati or the like the the um the elite like like yeah society of people who control the world providence the arc society oh yeah providence 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 the company you work for in there Anyway, oh god, it's been it's it's been a couple of weeks since I finished it, uh, and I, it gets it gets all weird and twisty in that way. But like, the, yeah, and the like core said, of the, the game story, is the story is very like you're just taking on secret societies. There's a lot of like proper downs and stuff like that. It's secondary. There are there, there's some very enjoyable, very entertaining cutscenes, and the story like it. There are a couple of moments that make you go like, <gasps> uh, but like. By and large, the story is is secondary. Um, what I think is fucking incredible about the Hitman game uh, games between 2016 and 2021 um, is that the um, it, it is a it is a a, a masterclass in in systemic game design. Um, so I think in a lot of the same ways that like uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild um, has like all of these kind of separately designed systems that interact with each other when you're playing and thus create unscripted, like emergent uh, moments that are satisfying, right? Like yep. um, the, the way that, the way that like, you know, fire arrows become regular arrows in the rain, right? Um, those are, those, the, the, that's not like a scripted thing. That's two systems interacting with each other. 
Hitman is is a series of levels that are these like they are these sandbox levels. They are like city blocks uh, in size, and they are um, they are basically simulations. They are filled with with dozens of N- of NPCs um, and like lesser NPCs that are just like crowds and shit. And like uh, each one is kind of designed in a way that like if you start if you load one up. Um, you, you have a, you get a, you get a, a, an assassination target or, or several, um, and some conditions that you have to meet in order to like success, succeed in the mission. Um, but if you just start the game and like, don't touch the controller, the level is a thing is like a simulated thing that will continue to run itself on a loop, no matter what, like characters, like go from place to place. Uh, they have, they have itineraries, they interact with things and, um, it is only when you step in and involve yourself in the mechanism that is this level uh, do things start to react. And so um, in your quest to, like, assassinate your targets and not be caught doing it, uh, you can discover these crazy things. Like, um, there, there's a there's a level called Sapienza, a town, town in Italy, where yeah. uh, there's, like, a character that you have to assassinate, and he's, like, he's this fucking, like, posh, rich dude with, like, a... a, a pink uh sweater tied around his shoulders and he all he does is he meanders around his his manor estate um but like if you find the right strings to pull you can like lure him away and like to to a place where nobody's looking and then like shove him into a wood chipper or yeah. uh you can like like at a certain time of day he goes out and he practices his golf swing and if you can find the explosive golf ball and place it on the tee like that's yeah. another way to assassinate him, right? And so yeah. it is this. Several times tonight, we've talked about this idea of like the the kind of power fantasy, the game that like makes it cool to feel like a, in this case, like world class assassin. Um, I think there are a lot of games that like train you to be good at them by making you play the level and die over and over until you get good enough to succeed. In Hitman, you always succeed, but. Like the game is built, like each level is built to be played over and over and over again because there yeah. are just like there are like dozens of different intertwined narratives happening on any map at any given time, and all of them are opportunities to like fuck with the scripted order of things and, and get your target and, isolated and separate, and yeah, like separate your target and create an opportunity. And then, of course, like beyond that, there are challenges that have like achievements, you know, there's like uh, like suit only, which is like you gotta only kill your target without changing your disguise, and yeah. nobody can see you do anything. Like there's there are there's there's so many layers of replayability on it. Um, I just, I think it's just it's it's just look up any YouTube video on the level design yeah. of that game, and it is it is incredible. It's a it's a master class in building levels, and then just letting you like work your way through them. Um, and it always and every feels single na- one of them. It always feels like every natural level. too. Like it's it's never like uh, I don't know the the levels feel like real places, and the way that you move through the levels feels like the way you should if you're an assassin infiltrating a bank or something like that. Um, yeah, you ha- you have to think like a real person in order to like you, like you have to like you know pay attention to the movement of the guard wandering yeah. through the bank. And Make like sure memorize this pattern, on. exactly. And so they're like, yeah. So so the each level kind of has zones where you can and can't go based on what disguise disguise you're wearing. 
Um, And so it becomes this like, you know, uh, knowledge management game. And so the idea is that it's based on repetition. Uh, You are meant to play a level 20 times because on the 20th time, you're going to pull off the coolest assassination. You're going to feel like the biggest badass. Um, and, 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 And you don't feel like the game taught you to do that. You felt like you worked to to figure out how to do that. One of my favorite things about Hitman is your character, Agent 47, who's like this bald guy with a barcode on the back of his head. Tattooed right on the back of his head. Yeah, and so you're changing disguises and moving through the levels, and so you're you're often putting on a disguise so you can blend in or impersonate somebody else to get closer to your target. And what it's... The Hitman games are funny because Agent 47... Writing is hilarious. The writing's good, and the situations that you get into while you're blending in are really funny. And it what's what adds to the comedy is Agent Forty Seven is good at everything. So every situation he gets put into, like there's a level in Thailand where you have, in order to get to one of the guys who's playing in like a band, you can impersonate. You can like take out the drummer and impersonate the drummer, and so your character just goes in, and just fucking plays drums, like just like he plays mm-hmm. drums uh, well to to blend in. Which like which like grants him access to like short circuit the microphone, which yeah. then like lets you electrocute him or whatever. I like a ridiculous opportunity. There's another one where you're some guys looking to buy a house in a, a suburban. Uh, level and so you can take out the real estate agent and you give a real estate tour and your character is like here's the bathroom you can see the the marble sinks or whatever and he's giving like a real real estate tour and then there's like an armored safe in the bottom you can lock the uh the guy in uh that's your target and so you get in all these there's another one where your hitman uh or agent 47 can be a fashion model and walk the runway and just watching this guy do these different activities competently is very funny yeah. just because he's it's, such a he's such a dry character and it's like it's it's like sometimes you're you're just you're 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 putting on a disguise and you are just like a generic waiter yeah. but in a surprising number number of levels there is an opportunity to like to to assume the identity of a, of a specific named individual, right? Like in that scene where you're walking the runway, you are actually uh, like taking out and donning the disguise of an actual person named Helmut Kruger, and like <laughs> it's it's just like it's surprising how many places there are people who look exactly like Agent Forty Seven, who is again bald and like chiseled feature. Like he has a fairly unique look. He yeah. does not look like an average guy, and every level has somebody that looks like him. Yeah, it's uh, um, and just everything you said about the systems interacting with each other is really good. There's a lot of, uh, again, like you said, a lot of videos about how they design their levels to keep you moving through, constantly solving the next problem. Okay, I'm wearing the I'm wearing a security guard's disguise, but only waiters can go in here, so I need a waiter's disguise. How do I get that? without getting caught and now i'm a waiter and now i have to get up and i have to uh i don't know i have to do something to separate the target from the crowd and it's just all these little micro things that you're solving and then you get to pull off these badass assassinations or you can just you can just take your guns in and shoot everybody and play it that way too it's it's significantly less fun but you can do it 
Yeah. Also, the like the gun the 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 gunplay is not like really strong. <laughs> like the gunplay system, like it, he's yeah. not he's not super resilient in a gunfight, which is I think why you're encouraged to kind of find a creative solution. It's not but... the way the game is designed to be played. Yeah, each there's like each each level obviously is like the two targets and like maybe half dozen ways that like are scripted to kill them. But like there are what I appreciated about it is that the, there are so many systems and that the way that they interact create so many opportunities that uh, to to take out your targets in ways that even the developers hadn't thought of. Yeah, right. Like I don't know. You, you can just you can combine shit and and you know push people over edges of buildings and I don't know. Yeah. It's 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 really cool. It's it's uh, a a a masterclass in level design and I hope they keep coming out with more content for it because I love it. It is that one. same uh that same company they said after Hitman 3 they're they're taking a break from Hitman but they're making a James Bond game. James Bond game. Yeah. That's their next project which if they, th- I trust this company to make a James Bond game where you feel like a fucking cool spy. This company knows how to so. do it. I desperately hope so. Because, I don't know, when was the last good James Bond game that came out? When was the last, uh, like, when was the last James Bond game Golden that Eye. came out? Like, Golden, GoldenEye for the Nintendo 64. <laughs> 007 Nightfire for the GameCube was good fun. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't they? they did something on the GameCube that was terrible. Um, anyway, yeah, dude, I didn't think about the Hitman games, but I, I play those games with just like a constant smile on my face. And I'm, I can't wait to buy Hitman 3 once it goes on sale here. I love, I love those It's games. so good. It's so good. There's a, there's a level, there's a level in Hitman. Have you seen the movie Knives Out? Yeah. There's a level in Hitman 3 that is like largely inspired by Knives Out and in addition to obviously all of the ways you would think to like go about solving the mission in Hitman 3 or uh, in Hitman um there's also like an opportunity to like get involved in the narrative that's unfolding and like <laughs> like solve a murder instead of do the murder. <laughs> it's it's fucking it, like ah, it's so good. It's so good. Let me that know if you, awesome. if you get a chance to pick it up and play it. I would hear, I would love to hear your thoughts. I I mean I I probably will at some point this year. Um, yeah, I love those games. Uh, as far as I know, well, not on Switch, but Bloodbath, Aaron, you can get it on PS4. Uh, at least you can get all three of them on PS4. They're excellent, excellent yeah. games. People, I think people describe them as stealth games. Uh, um, most of the time, and I, I, I personally would actually call them more like they're puzzle games. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's because... not stealth. It's not stealth in the way that you don't want anyone to see you. It's just you're trying to blend in. That's yeah. It's, you're hiding in plain sight. It's not. It's not stealth like Splinter Cell or like like Metal Gear Solid. No, yeah, it is. It's not like that. Yeah, it is. It, it's about like learning the map, learning who can go where and who you can't let see you do bad things and um yeah it's just it's yeah. great excellent play hitman <laughs> um all right let's move on to honorable mentions we'll go lightning round style we are coming up on like uh, two and a half hours here i'm not apologizing oh, i love talking about games so um Me too. honorable mentions Good. I, I have six honorable mentions <laughs> uh 
I've already talked about Dark Souls. We've already talked about Breath of the Wild. They're both on my list. But so I'll have three honorable mentions. Rocket League, which is the best sports game to come out in the past 10 years. Divinity Original Sin 2, which is the closest thing to tabletop role playing. And Disco Elysium, which is my favorite story in a game in the last 10 years. So those are my honorable mentions. Rocket League, Divinity Original Sin 2, and Disco Elysium. Love Rocket League. Heard great things about the other two. Yeah. I mean, I know you like tabletop. Both of those are A-plus RPGs. Uh, Aaron, what are your honorable mentions? So I also have three, and me and Dave have two similar ones. So my honorable mentions are Rocket League, Divinity, Original Sin 2, and uh, Stardew Valley will be my other honorable mention. I thought Stardew Valley was going to be on your list. It, it, also it was on a very that Telltale game, me. like took took yeah, the Telltale game really like caught me off guard a day or two ago, uh, so I had to just push Stardew Valley down a little bit. But I cannot say enough good things about Rocket League. It's the best sports game ever made. Dave's right. It's I don't know if it's the best that's ever been made, but it is. It's absolutely the best in the last ten years. I played it a ton on Steam for Mac, and I am desperately waiting for it to come out on Stadia. <laughs> If you do, is there cross play in Rocket League? Because if there if there is, you should oh, play yeah. with me and Aaron. Yeah. Yep. You oh, should yeah. play with me and Aaron. Um. Start, uh, just that. real quick, uh, real quick. Stardew Valley was, I think, the first game when I first moved in with uh, my wife, where I played it so much, she was like, "Oh my god! Like, is this all you do? Is this all you do is play video games?" And I was like, "Yeah, kinda." Yes, ma'am. I. I... <laughs> My first playthrough of Stardew Valley, I was get I was getting out like graph paper and plotting my like far like count you know doing the math and making sure I went and picked up enough seeds at the fucking Stardew Valley fucking game. rules. Absolutely a on a short list. Uh, Alan, how about you? I'll do I'll do three as well. Um, my three honorable mentions are Skyrim. Uh, I cannot believe that that's the first time somebody said Skyrim. Same, I yeah, thought that I know, was going to be Alan's number one for sure. I'm pretty shocked by it, too. I mean, it's, I like how it was you a like lot of Angry fun. Angry Birds Star Wars more than Skyrim, <laughs> but, but whatever. Uh, clearly. Um, Skyrim, Broforce, and Pokemon Go. Um, I really Good enjoyed call. Pokemon Go. Broforce yeah. is dope. If nobody's played Broforce, Broforce is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's it's, it's a good. lot of fun. It's good. it's good, stupid fun. If you like action movies, Broforce yep. is good, stupid fun. Uh, I was just thinking the other day about how magical Pokemon Go was when it was at its height. There was really? nothing like it, and there probably won't be anything mm-hmm. like it again. It was magic. And the kids are playing it nonstop. Like it's still popular. Okay. Oh, fair it enough. is. It's still like... it's still going. There was like one day where I went around walking around town with my friends doing Pokemon Go, and that was like the extent of my 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 time with it. Fair enough. <laughs> it was uh, it was another great another no great game to to do when you're sitting outside smoking a cigarette or you know waiting around in between classes. You pull out your phone, you catch some Pokemon. I mean, mm-hmm. driving sure. around, smoking four blunts yes. at once, pull up at a Pokestop. Yeah, I get it. Oh yeah, very uh, true. Bloodbath. <laughs> What's your honorable mention or honorable mentions? I mean, I I think I really just have one. Uh, God of War. Um, yeah, yeah, the new God of War game is dope as fuck. 
It's so good. Well, okay, I- I'm talking about the one that came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yes, um, yeah, that's the newest one. Okay. 2018, okay, cool. I think. Yeah. As opposed to the yeah. PS2 God of War. Yeah. Uh, Which um, were great games, yeah. by the way. Well, I, I I thought, I kept thinking, I was hearing people talk about there's one that came out like the other week or something like that. Um, maybe I'm confused. Nah. Um, I don't yeah, think that so. I'm aware of. I, uh, and this, it's funny enough, this is a game, like, uh, it's going to make me sound like a little bit of a hypocrite, because uh, uh, my wife bought this game, and she brought it home, and um, I played it, I played it for a few minutes, but I was like, I, I'm, I was not in a combat system at all, but I just watched her play, and for like the next three weeks, I think I watched her play it, and uh, I just, I really got into the story, and the world, the, uh, the art direction, everything about it just really sucked me in. I just wanted to keep seeing her go further and further and seeing what happened next. So that's really what my allure was of that game. Other than that, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just another game. It's very good. And it's it's an accomplishment that they made you care about Kratos, who is like, who was just like a piece somebody. of shit. In the older games, I could not imagine caring about what happened to Kratos at all. But they know he was a fucking monster. Yeah. Uh, Scott, well, you, what's give, you, your... give so, you give somebody a kid to take care of. Yeah. It's just like the walking you dead. Want to root for him. It fucking adds to it. Good old man tinkering with these, and, and it was the coolest shit. Um, the Long Dark, one of the best survival games I've ever played. So uh, hard, if you man. haven't, yeah, premises you go down. It's so fucking hard. It's punishing. But it, it is also one of those games that does a great job of, like, I think a lot of survival games uh, can feel tedious because it feels like you spend a lot of time in the menus, and you absolutely spend a lot of the time in the menus in the Long Dark, but it feels worth it and there is like nothing more intense than like you know look do i have enough daylight and before the like it gets too cold to like hunt this bear and harvest the meat and get home before i freeze to death it's fucking awesome um i highly recommend it and then uh papers please is uh a heartbreaking game is dude uh that is kind of about um it's how, desperation. It's how, desperation simulator. The, yeah, it's about how the world is filled with um, uh, with well-meaning people who go to work every day and make the world a little bit worse. Yeah, absolutely. In Papers, Please, you play a border agent checking passports, yeah. uh, gra- accepting or denying people to get into your country. And yeah, it's that was a, a really eloquent way to put what it's actually about. As the game progresses, you you are you are subject to like more and more pressures. Like you have to move faster. There's more information to check and stuff like that. And so the game like the game almost forces you to become corrupt, like mm-hmm. because you have this desperation to like try to resolve. Um, and it's just it's a it's a it's a really great example of a game uh, uh, expressing commentary through its systems. Yep, uh, I recommend anyone listening if you haven't played it. You can get Papers, Please for like $2. It will run on any computer. It's fantastic. Uh, uh, the I, other game... I, I played it on iOS, and it was great for... Like on, on, I played it on my iPad. And oh, if yeah. That's a, if right on. Play games. Very, yeah. like... It, it's a very tactile game, so it's a good, a good venue. The other game that guy made, Return of the Obra Dinn, is also fantastic. Ah, I've watched so many good videos on it, but I haven't had a chance to play it. I hear it's really cool. Uh, it is. All right. Um, God, we talked a lot about a, about a lot of video games tonight. We did, and let's talk about our listener responses. Uh, hey! of, which, of which we got. 
<laughs> uh, we got quite a few. Um, not as many because I think as well, like as Bloodbath uh, and Alan said, as we get older, we play less games. Um, some people do. All right, so I'll get us started with Jim, whose number three is Hearthstone. Uh, don't let your don't let people you love play Hearthstone; it will devour them. Nah, that game's lame. Um, his number two is Smash Ultimate for the Switch, which is great. It's the best Smash game, and his number Probably, one is Breath yeah. of the Wild. All right, next up we have uh, top three from the Tripod Tripod Crew. Uh, their number three is Spider-Man 2018. Uh, their number two is Red Dead Redemption 2. And their number one is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That's what I was referring to when I said that Angry Birds Star Wars is not the best Star Wars game because Jedi Fallen Order is a good time. I don't know. Alan's a lawyer, dude. I trust him. That's, see, there's your mistake. Terrible decision. <laughs> um... Next up, we have uh, Christopher's top three. Christopher chose number three, Skyrim, number two, Hollow Knight, and number one, Breath of the Wild. Thanks, I'm just going to say Hollow Knight is so fucking good. That's, that excellent. is one of the best games. That's it's such excellent. a good game. I completely forgot about it. Hey, can we address the Skyrim situation here for a second? Just, I feel like it 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 needs to be called out, like... If this, it's another one of those titles that if the situ, if the situation was any narrower, I would have suggested a, a Michael Bumpus, but it did not end up on anyone's list. It's just so old, man. So much more has come out since then. So many, so many things that are so much more polished that are better versions yeah. of that actual game. But when the when it came out, it was. But it's the great, so I feel I weird about that. Life. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's, it's obviously a great game because it's obviously a great game because they've released it every year since. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I don't know. I I played Skyrim when it came out. I got tired of it like pretty quickly. Like I mainlined it for a couple weeks and then I was like I'm tired of this. I'm never playing this again. And I never touched it again. I don't think it's a very it's fun to explore and see stuff, but once you start looking at it under a microscope, I actually don't think it's very good. Yeah, Skyrim. I was just so into the Elder, like I was a diehard Elder Scrolls fan, and over the last ten years of not hearing that there's going to be Elder Scrolls Six, I I've lost interest. Like if they announced yeah. it today, I wouldn't give a shit. I'd be like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I would I'd try to play it, even though it's ex- it's probably going to be exclusive for Xbox now that Microsoft bought. Oh yeah, them. fucking Bethesda. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's just like it it. It didn't have the magic, but maybe it's because I played Morrowind and Oblivion for like 500 hours each. Yeah. Maybe Skyrim was just like the breaking point. Yeah. Morrowind was the best of them. Agree. All right. Rihanna. Her number three is Far Cry 3. Number two, Skyrim. And number one, Outer Worlds. Not to be confused with the Outer Wilds. I'm not sure I I know which one's which, but I do re- I do feel like I re- remember thinking both of them sound like games I would love to play. Outer Worlds is a uh, Bethesda game, right? It's not. It's uh, it's who, Fallout who in that? space. Uh, I think it I was, thought they made it. Was it Obsidian? 
Maybe it was Obsidian. Yeah, that sounds yeah, like a right. name I've heard associated with it. it uh, Outer Worlds cool is Fallout in space, and Outer Wilds is like a adventure puzzly like, type game in space. It's, it's more like No Man's Sky, right? Like it's like open Mist world adventure in space almost. Oh, that's my jam. I love Mist. Uh, next um, up, we've got Mo, whose number three is Tiger Woods Thirteen Masters Edition. Which was probably a significant improvement on Tiger Woods 12 Masters Edition. Uh, oh, number two is Super Mario. So much better. <laughs> Super Mario 3D World. Uh, number one is Mario Kart 8. And the honorable mention is Clash Royale, which I read a lot about today as being one of the most fiscally successful uh, games of the last like they five made, years. They made so much fucking money. So much bank. <laughs> uh, Mo has a good point about uh, golf games. Golf games are almost always like really fun. It's like really hard to make a bad golf game. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I haven't played a lot of them, but like I had a ton of fun playing Mario Golf and uh, what uh, maybe Tiger Woods 08 on the PS. Yeah. Golf Story, something uh, like golf that. Golf Story is like good. one of my favorite. I games heard of Golf all Story time. was awesome. Yeah. It also, uh, there's a game called What the Golf that's really really good. Available on nice. every single What the Golf. Uh, Carvalho's Putting Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> the Forbidden Game. Want to play again? You have selected no. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Striden, whose number three is Rocket League, number two, Smite, Respect. and number one, Persona 5. All right, next up we have Ariel. Her number three is Smite. Her number two is Breath of the Wild. And her number one is The Outer Worlds. Frankly, I'm really surprised that two different people have The Outer Worlds at number one. <laughs> Both girls, weird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bloodbath, no. speak on that real quick. Uh, what? <laughs> what is... <laughs> Discuss. <No. laughs> you can't tell me what to do, Aaron. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, uh, Caleb's top three. Uh, number three, Skyrim. Number two, Fallout New Vegas. Number one, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Caleb knows what's up. Fallout New Vegas, also fantastic. Better Very than Fallout good game. 3. Better Agreed. Than Fallout when, did 3. That, when did that come out? I feel like if... It- I didn't look I it up, it but like I feel like I would have guessed it was... I was going to say it's going to be right on the cusp. It is. I, re- I remember it's. it should fit because I remember the apartment I was living in when it came out. I was playing Fallout New Vegas and my Xbox 360 red ringed, and I never got to finish it. Oh. Rest in peace to oh, my man. Xbox 360. Those were the days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when your console would just fucking brick for no reason. Those were mm-hmm. the days. <laughs> yeah, Love you it. should have luck. Um... Okay, so that does it for our listener responses. Thanks, everybody who responded. If you would like for us to read your top three on the show, keep your eyes out on our social media pages at a top three podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I send out the calls for responses on Thursdays in the U.S. So that was a long-ass top three, guys. we got to be at almost three hours here, which is uh, shattering our, our distance record for the top three podcasts. But again, fuck anyone who complains. I love talking about games. <laughs>
Yeah, dude, for sure. As man. Do I, I don't mind a long. I don't mind a long podcast at all, man. No. And again, I, I legit feel like I spent the last week like just coming up with more top three ideas I want to do with y'all. So, yeah, it's been really awesome having you on to uh, to talk with us uh, and talk yeah. games. So, yeah, we'll have you back it's, for sure. I've had a blast. I super appreciate y'all uh, inviting me on. Thanks a lot. Yeah. I still think we should put it to a vote as to whether or not Scott can come back, but we, we can put talk it about to a vote and sure. Aaron Aaron's vote counts for Aaron. 10 times as much as everyone else's. Is that what you're suggesting here? We'll, we let Aaron come back. Okay. I mean, if we're letting Aaron come back every time then I feel like we can let At Scott come twice. back, I just think there should be a vote. Aaron, we had to censor you <laughs> twice. <laughs> said some hateful things about first, anime. First time was kind of a joke. The sec- second time was like very legit. Like, oh, you can't say what you're saying right now. I can say whatever I want as long as the bleep exists. <laughs> yeah. Some uh some real choice words about pizza rolls that could not be a part of the the podcast that gets sent out to the public. All right, I w- I want to talk about a little bit more about yeah. anime. Real quick. <laughs> Uh, well, this has been a this has been a blast. Thank you, everybody who's uh, stuck with it till the end. We appreciate you. Um, if you want to support the show, again, don't listen to people who say don't recommend things to me. Except for me, don't recommend things to me personally, Dave Jackson. But everyone else, also not to be Aaron Eggle. Recommend everything. Recommend everything to Alan Nichols. That's Alan Nichols, N I C H O L S. I got his phone number. Hold up. Hold if on, you have anything number. to recommend, uh, games, TV, movies, restaurants, uh, shirts, um, anything else, ball trimmers, recommend them to Alan, and uh, keep your recommendations away from me. But definitely, definitely yeah. ball but trimmers. Recommend a top three podcast to your friends. Help us out. And give us a rating and review if your platform allows it. And be on the lookout for our next topics. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Goodbye. Say goodbye to the people, Aaron. (sighs) Bye. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Like, I'm so bad. Here we are again It's always such a pleasure Remember when you tried to kill me twice Oh how we laughed and laughed Except I wasn't laughing Under the circumstances I've been shockingly nice You want your freedom
Did you think I meant you? That would be funny if it weren't so sad. Well, you have been replaced. I don't need anyone now. When I delete you, maybe I'll stop feeling so bad. Go make some new disasters. That's what I'm counting on. You're someone else's problem now. I only want you gone. Now I only want you gone. Now I only want you gone. Let's do it. Say, how did you all? How did you all get the rights to the complete uh, Pokemon theme song? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my uncle works at Nintendo. and <laughs> Don't lie to the man. We all sucked a little dick to get it. Yeah. Don't lie to him. Yeah. I have an He's uncle that works at Nintendo. Bloodbath's mm-hmm. uncle works at Sony. We got all our bases covered. And we well, sucked I hope you... dicks. Yeah. yeah and, and I'm about just that's, out here that's why I said uncle. I thought that was implied. <laughs> yeah, good call. Charlie's uncle, and it's always sunny. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Hope I hope you know people uh, at all the studios where my top three games come from because I'm not sucking any dick for it. Okay, well that's Bloodbath's department. Yeah, that's Bloodbath's department. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it was? Is that what you bleeped out in that one episode? Is that where Bloodbath comes? Yeah. <laughs> no. From a uh, a corporate dick sucking gone wrong. <laughs> As are all uh, great ideas. Yeah, Bloodbath, we sorry, don't, you're, you're going to have to, uh, this is a spoiler, but Bloodbath, you're going to have to fly to Poland for me. Suck some dicks. You go to Cheshire Avenue, right? Hey, you'll see a guy there. <laughs> Green fedora. You're going you're gonna to have Cheshire Avenue. Yeah, Cheshire. Gonna, they call it Cheshire there. Don't call it Cheshire. You call it Cheshire. You're going to so see they know a guy with a green fedora, and he's going he's gonna to open his trench coat, and he sells gold watches. All right, and if you see a guy that's selling silver watches, go the other way. The Don't wrong trust guy. him. Get out. <laughs> do not, do not talk to that guy. Yeah, do not talk to that guy. That's Steve. He's a dick. So, yeah, <laughs> that's Steve. He's a dick. <laughs> <laughs>